0: You know, do you ever try to remember what we said in the show so we can do this read? I do, but it's kind of hard to remember. The thing I remember is I compared a front fender to a phallic symbol, and then I talked about the best bike I ever rode, which gave me something that was very similar to a phallic symbol. Yep. Well, have you ever had a coax down a boner while you were riding, Matt? Not when I was riding. Okay, we'll. Many talk many times about, in middle school? We'll talk about this in the next show, but this one has some good information in it. Live from Pahrump, the Valley of the Dirt People. My name is Jimmy Lewis. This is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. There we go. I just I was busy doing the Instagram thing. Yeah, yeah. Ex- excellent mic presence. So if you hate if you hate this show, like you should, if you don't like this show, it's actually worse over on Instagram. Promise you. Right, because there's no microphone. Dr- Going directly to that, and you just have to look just straight at me. You don't get to see the whole shit set like normal. Yeah. There's no extra you, cameras. You don't get to see everyone's favorite producer, slash right. Co-host slash I I, writing coach. I don't know how many followers
1: do you have. Oh, I only have like 239. Would they like you, to get more. Do they give you lots of thumbs ups like this? Um, they, go, a, they go a fair amount. They that, go like this. You know, I made a little I announcement to, a little announcement video for my learn to ride class dates and my new on, online product okay uh, I made a little announcement video for that and I got some decent views decent likes okay
0: so this show wouldn't be possible without the Jimmy Lewis off-road yeah that's the that's the um we'll call it the sugar daddy of this whole operation it, it really is yeah it really is. I'm not
1: calling you the sugar daddy I'm calling Jimmy oh, Lewis off-road the the corporate entity you know that they, which
0: it is that kind of lets allows all this stuff to yeah. operate so mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Lewis Off-Road has online new rider or beginner rider training that's taught by Matt here. Actually, yep. he will do those in person. I can't belittle myself down to that level, although I am the person in the video, so I guess it's my fault mm-hmm. if something's wrong with them. So you can uh, go to JimmyLewisOffRoad.com, click on the online training button, and teach someone else how to ride without not becoming, becoming less
1: of a friend to them. Oh. Or you can pay a little bit more, and you can have me teach them for you with Zoom calls.
0: Ooh, yeah, this is a, this is an option available for purchase right now. Right. So uh, lots of lots of stuff. Yamaking here. Oh wait, uh, Andrews uh, re, 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 uh, replying to Yamaking. So we had we had we do pre questions on the uh, on the Instagrams if you're wondering, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, but he, Andrews complaining because he doesn't have any Hoosabergs like I do. Oh yeah, yeah yeah he's he's and
1: we all know Hosenberg's really good hey, at drag one races the,
0: one of the questions i uh I wrote down on my sheet is is I want people to call call in on the seat concepts hot seat hotline. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you the number right now, so get ready. I know nobody has a pen or a paper they can't write this stuff down, so we're gonna type it in the chat. I'm actually gonna comment into the into the uh the Twitter book face uh, Insta- I just put it into our chat. yeah, I'm gonna put it in here. The number is seven seven five three one eight i gotta make sure i type it right and i can't reach the one eight three one eight seven seven five three one eight five five one five fifty five fifteen one go five so i just posted it in the in the chat i want you to if you have a bike that you think was the best bike ever i want you to call in and prove it to me that's that's kind of dangerous i mean for
1: oh, me oh yeah to, to ask for that because you're just going to talk it's just going me an excuse for you to talk about
0: your hoosberg no i actually i probably wouldn't i don't know if that's uh, i don't know if that's the best bike i've ever ridden i, I was sitting there thinking I, the reason i asked the question is because i was thinking about it mm-hmm. and so if you uh if you think you have potentially the best bike and there's the guy there's there's a the one guy in the world that's pretty convinced that a ktm 690 is the best bike in the world he was going to call in
2: mm-hmm.
0: and can convince me of this he said it would take 10 minutes on the phone and i would convert okay and i haven't haven't had his call although i did ride the husky 701 the new one with that big giant massive tank on it Mm
2: -hmm. uh
0: this weekend at the ktm adventure rider rally i rode a husky yeah well just for a couple minutes but that actually helped that bike out yeah you know dennis was uh
1: he loves that bike so much. When he was in Iceland doing a tour on that. He rode one of those. He fell in love
0: with it. It's funny because now they put the gas tank back where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it seems like it goes, hey, this is kind of like, it's kind of nice now. So Jimmy Lewis seal of approval. No, not I'm quite. not, I'm not going there yet. Like I said, I just, <laughs> I just rode around to check it. So uh, if you think that you have a bike that you want to um, talk about, Trevor Hunter, scared to call in, by the way, uh, YZ125 best bike ever. And then uh, Bartman says KTM 520. I'm going to disagree with both of those. Although I'm a little more partial to that YZ 125. I, you know, honestly, can, can you name a more iconic motocross bike?
1: Oh yeah, there's ton, tons more, but it's a it is a good bike. Well, okay, okay, like like throughout the generations. I mean, I know the like, like the Elsinore is a pretty iconic one, but I know, and I have to say this right now, since
0: we're talking mm-hmm. about YZ 125 mm-hmm. for motocross riders, driven to dominate the Yamaha YZ line of two stroke bikes. Are built for victory. You can visit yamaha motorsports today to explore what's new and improved for twenty twenty three. Yeah, yeah. I fixed that, didn't I? Pretty did. good. We should be getting updated once before too long. Okay, that's that's good because I you know I almost have these memorized, so it's a great time to switch it up. Mm-hmm. Again, I like to thank the rest of our sponsors. Takomoto sponsoring the Rooster Endo segment tonight, and if you don't know what Rooster Endo is, that's where you send me a picture of your bike. Actually, send it to Matt. You list them. You're making model because I can't just guess everything. Try to make it a nice picture. Tell us what you did to it. And then we'll tell you whether your bike roosts or endos, And then you can either like us or hate us. So send those in. You're vying for a $100 gift certificate from tacomoto.co. Mm-hmm. Of course, Scott Sports, makers of some of the best goggles out there. If you don't believe me, ask Andrew Short, who is actually currently in and answering questions On our Instagram feed that I didn't even know we do that. I do. I did it on my own channel today. Yeah. It's getting a little more traction than that, that crappy dirt bike test Instagram. Mm -hmm. If you don't follow dirt bike test on Instagram, you probably shouldn't, but don't look at it because we put up cool stuff there. Climb big sponsor of the show. My favorite gear. They make awesome gear. You know, it rained on us a little bit up in, uh, up in Idaho for Mm -hmm. the KTM adventure Rider rally. I couldn't even tell. In fact, everybody's like, why are you standing out in the rain? I'm like, is it raining? Because I had really awesome climb gear on. It's that good. Not kidding. Didn't get wet. Didn't sweat. Nothing. Uh, DDC. Awesome chain wheels. Trail Tech. They are the makers of the Voyager Pro. The best GPS out there for motorcycle-minded riders that are lost. Fast Company. Makers of flex handlebars. Jimmy runs flex handlebars all the time. All the time. Of course, Seat Concepts. I went and did a Seat Concepts uh, factory tour. Yeah, how was that? It looked pretty cool. It's pretty cool, and it's funny because, you know, Lyndon, who's called into the show before and talked to us, you you don't realize what a real hands-on guy that, that he is and how successful that's been. And he was showing us how he used to make the molds of fiberglass, and now they're 3D printing them and some of the ways that they're injecting the foam. and Because the foam is really the, the secret to what they have there and the way they're blending and injecting the foams and doing some pretty cool, cool things and then he showed us like what's next for this then especially in the manufacturing processing super super cool to kind of get an inside look and to see like you think okay it's just a seat Mm -hmm. oh no it's crazy it's (laughs) crazy technical and that's why they're able to make them as good as they are and and you know with 3d printing and all you know they're adopting all these new technologies and bringing this kind of stuff in oh bartman changed to the kx500 he's switch switching that's how quick he Switches here on the Instagrams. It's either instant, the instant, that one instant you have one favorite, and the next instant you have another favorite. It's instant regret. Instant regret. That's what happens every time I post on Instagram or make a Mm -hmm. video like this. Mm -hmm. And of course, bulletproof designs. If you're looking for some cool protection, especially for your new 23 KTM Husqvarna gas gas, they have all those parts in stock ready to ship. Radiator guards, chain guide things. They even make the miraculous front disc rotor protector. It's a big, giant aluminum thing that protects your front disc if you like to grenade your bike into rocks. So that's the one thing uh, I don't use. Uh, Bart had all of the three bikes. Uh, Wait, KTM 380, last two-stroke to win the MXGPs. Man, you know what, Craig Hill? I built – I don't know if it was a 380 or 360. I thought that that was going to be the ultimate off-road trail bike weapon – do everything and i built it and i got it just to where everything on that bike was good and this is back when ktm had bad suspension i was able to do some stuff too did a lot of tuning in the motor some porting, you know deck height uh, got the compression ratio right got the carburation just right this thing was gonna be perfect and on my first trail ride on my now perfect motorcycle which took like six to eight months to test and get there the ignition went out (laughs) oh shit and I just bought it, it as it was a test bike. I uh-huh. just bought it. I literally, this is one of these bikes I just I just sold it like the next week. Because it had all the parts on it. Just like, I'm just like, I'm done with this. They put an ignition in it and sold it. So, Craig, I that's not right. <laughs> hey, Andy Taylor just popped into the the uh Instagrams. Andy Taylor is responsible for a lot of the design and development of the shell of dirt bike test. You know, like when you look at how that thing uh looks and the the stuff so mm-hmm. yeah good to see any anyways lots of uh lots of stuff going on there i don't know how long i can handle instagram though it's distracting from the this this
1: well that's why you have me here, cause
0: i was gonna start reading off some of the questions oh, okay. that
1: we're getting in our our uh main main stream chat there we go right main space stream not mainstream and you caught two ums already uh yeah i'm pretty yeah, sure they're both th- for me three. yeah, yeah. Cause, okay because i'm because they're they're filler words it's
0: not just ums it's filler words i've been no it's mostly just the ums the long drawn out ums so uh cheers oh i gotta hold this cup up the right way cheers i'm drinking shazerp tonight by the way bringing oh. it i'm bringing it back so i was gonna ask you what the hell is that it's my uh it's my Jimmy juice that has my stuff like my um like my little packet that has my name on it that I pour into there. Okay. It's like some special mixed up stuff and I juice it up even more and now I can, just like it's it's the same stuff that you thought those rap guys were just getting super loaded mm-hmm. now they're probably drinking special vitamins and stuff. So ah. just that's what I think. Is it good for you? Bad for you? Ooh, that's a it's if it has your name on the package
1: it's got to be good for
0: it. Good for
1: you, right? Got it. Got it. Well, I'm going to go ahead and read Dave Donnelly's question that he put in our chat from Facebook. Okay. I've always been wondering why the KTM 530 was bad. Can they be fixed? Asking because I'm looking to upgrade to a big bore
0: KTM without breaking the bank. They're bad because it was an interesting time at KTM where they actually kind of started. I don't know what happened there. It, it all depends on the engineers that were there and how crazy they're, they're racers were that wanted something different and they'd been ktm had that rfs four stroke for so long they just needed to do something different i think and so they honda was having a lot of success with the cr450x which has a split oiling system so there's oil in the transmission like a two-stroke gear oil in the transmission and there's motor oil inside of the crankcase, like a car engine for instance so they separated those two chambers and ktm decided to do this and i don't think that they had done this in any kind of a racing application and stuff they kind of fell off what their their ordinary program was they always built race bikes and then kind of developed them and so i think they were looking at maybe something that could be maybe higher power and and i don't know what was going on there but anyways that was the root cause of the problem in my opinion they tried to do something the motor got bigger got heavier the performance wasn't exactly there and and the funny thing is is if if you take a husaberg Mm. A Husaberg. It was built in the exact same time frame. It's mostly exact same parts, but it's a unified engine. It's all, it's all, it's an open, it's like a regular four-stroke motor. And it's kind of the same motor, orientated, completely different, and fuel injected, where this KTM was still carbureted. And it just, it just suffered. It, 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 it got weird with the handling. It kind of, it kind of gained, I guess you would say at the time, it kind of gained stability. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they, the the RFSs were kind of thought to be a little, little bit twitchy, and I you know, so I would stay away from that bike personally. They they seem to last like 200 hours, and then you might as well just replace everything. And by everything, I mean bad. piston, crank, cylinder. The only thing that lasts forever, and really the only thing they carried on to the current type current type bike onto the the new the newer 500 that came around in 2011, I believe, was the cylinder head. You know, Hmm. the cylinder head was good. It didn't wear out. It lasted a long time. So, like on the RFS, the only thing that went bad was the intake valves were out. And so, they they fixed that. They fixed the cylinder head, but they wrecked everything underneath it. So, the 400 version of that, if you can find a 400, not so much the 450. The 450 and the 500, 530, just, they almost made too much power for just the way it was. But the 400 seemed to be pretty good of those. So you know predated the 350 it's kind of like a 350 except it's just heavier Mm -hmm. but it made a little bit better torque so that's what i would say about that um that thing okay so craig hill says mine has the japanese kukas on ignition i'm not sure exactly what he's talking about here um oh (laughs) he's talking about the three the three six the three ktm 380 guess what craig (laughs) Uh that's the ignition I put in mine even if it was a 360 I put a different ignition in it that was one of the keys to get it to be a lot more throttle a lot more throttle response you know the trick in the old days with the the KTM 300s was to put the 250 uh ignition in it and stuff to just to get them to run a little bit hotter and uh, we were we were doing that quite a bit earlier so Okay, what's our next question, Matt? So this is going to be from Dan Parker
1: on our Facebook feed. Yep. Do you think Yamaha will update the 2024 YZ250F and FX to reflect the 2023 450F weight loss and updates?
0: So I would bet that next year, just if they continue with tradition, which is what they do, next year you'll get an all-new YZ250, and then the 450FX will be like the 450 motocross bike so the, mm-hmm. the fx generally follows some sometimes i have they ever put them both out trevor would know this because he's such a he's more of a yamaha guy mm-hmm. have they ever put both of those things have they ever done both the the yz motocross bike and the fx in the same year i think the fx typically follows by a year to get all of those all of those updates but um Yeah, I think that the 2024 YZ250. Yeah, he's he's got it. He's got it figured out. He's got the right. When you look at the YZ250F and all the other stuff, I'm gonna assume that's Trevor because that certainly wasn't me.
1: Yeah, YZ250F. Wait, see here. And I saw a question from or a question. So actually, I have a follow up question really quick. Sure, you mentioned. Yamaha follows tradition and everything. Uh, the Sorry, their patterns and everything. Do you ever see any of the other manufacturers doing what Yamaha did with the
0: reverse cylinder head? Do I see that happening in the future? Yeah. You mean copying Canada Pretty much. Uh. Or does Yamaha kind of have like a... Lockdown down on that i don't i don't know if that you know i'm sure i'm sure they have patents on the way it's organized but mm-hmm. you can you can do some different stuff it depends on how broad their patent is and and how much right manufacturers really hate to just blatantly copy mm-hmm. like right away they wait a little while or they try to sneak it in in a new in a new way mm-hmm. so i don't i don't know um it it requires a completely a complete redesign of the the whole everything on the motorcycle because you can't just spin the cylinder head around and then expect everything to work cuz right. your gas tank has to go someplace else your air filter has to go someplace else things cuz of this the the bike starts handling a little bit different so i don't i don't see that happening too mm-hmm. quick
1: well and – not to beat a dead horse, but you did also say another thing sneak, that, you know, they like to sneak something from manufacturers. They don't want to blatantly copy. Yeah. So did Yamaha wait a few years after the
0: Cannondale was gone and
1: forgotten to do the reverse engine?
0: When I asked them that sound- question, when it very first came out in 2010, when I asked that question to the engineers that design it, mm-hmm. they literally said, what is a Cannondale? <laughs> and here's the good thing here's the interesting thing about how they said that mm-hmm. they had practiced it oh okay they had practiced saying what's th- a canada that yeah yeah there they, they was like the english is very good in this one okay it's not canada we don't know you know mm-hmm. which would be maybe that'd be something over in europe or they would say it that way but right right but uh uh did they did they, did they kind of smile when they said it too like everyone in the room knows but no i i never asked those questions in in like in in public in front of them because i don't want to you know i don't want right. to embarrass these guys nor do i want to give away like half of 80 of the journalists in there probably didn't know what a canadale was at that time mm-hmm. and had never ridden one right so you know that's just an age and experience on my part but a lot of times you know i kind of ask these guys and sometimes they'll you, you know you, you can you can laugh and go okay and then and then and then they know you know that they know and then like you're like, yeah. okay, whatever. But no, they 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 completely said that no, there was never there was never any they never they didn't copy anything. It was their own original idea. They knew that it was gonna make more power and they they said all the right things and I mean it could be true because I it's a lot of times you see comedians
2: mm-hmm.
0: and they get accused of of copying another guy's stick or routine or something yeah and it's all been done before mm-hmm. and just over time you know pretty soon a monkey will write shakespeare just happen, just it'll just happen and just but so you you copy, you copy you know without knowing it you know you might have heard something it gave you an idea and then like six years later you go to and do you think it's an original idea so i i can't say for sure maybe that that was the truth and they just wanted them to say it properly <laughs> okay <laughs> i don't, I don't know, but I doubt yeah. it
1: these, okay.
0: these guys you know in the in the you know especially the engineers and stuff like that the ones that I have met that are that are true that that are it's not like I graduated college from engineering and I ended up working on motorcycles and this is this is all over the world, any place I've met or worked with engineers, they had a passion for motorcycles mm mm-hmm. And then they went to engineering school and then they, their passion had them look for jobs in that, in that industry. Now, whether they can ride well or whatever, that doesn't matter. But I also found the less that they ride, the more they're checking out everything. They're into the engineering. Mm -hmm. They, they want to learn and, and they, they spend a lot of time looking at what everybody else is doing, doing research on old, I mean, a lot of this stuff, you know, you say, Oh, aluminum frames. Well shit, Greaves was doing it back in the sixties or seventies. You know, and, and and there's I I think I got that that right because it's old. It's b- before my time. Yeah. You know, twin twin cylinders. It's been done. You know, Yankee. There's a motorcycle company called Yankee that made twin cylinder two strokes mm-hmm. back in the days, you know, dirt bikes. Right. So a lot of this stuff, it's nothing's nothing's new. So got it. Yeah. Uh let's see if we got any mm-hmm. more questions on the uh yeah, so yeah. Kurt Brooks says, yeah, they, at Z Racing, which was a KTM shop that um, Mark Zoller used to run, uh, I used to, they used to help me out a little bit when I was doing the KTMs. They said that's the, they put those kookas on, and Craig wants, how many hours do your Hoosberg 570s go, go before the motor needs to be rebuilt? I pulled one apart at about 450 hours for a dirt rider, dirt bike, dirt dirt rider magazine. We did a rebuild on one. And I wish I never took it apart. And it probably has another 500 hours after it was completely rebuilt. My current bikes, I'm pretty sure, and the the one I don't know exactly, but the 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 blue one, Bob's old one, you never tore it apart. You never tore the Husaberg apart, right? That thing probably has 700. It, I use it in every class that we do. So it runs – it gets – you know, four hours of class on it. And how many classes have I done? <laughs> so oh, Quite a few. Yeah. Oh, back when... No. So th- these yeah. things, these things, are they're going on 700 hours on the Hoosabergs and I don't have any problems. And I, I had, they're not modified at all. Wait, yours has it. Does yours have the cam change engineer in it? Yeah. I mean. Yours has the manual one. I've never touched it, by the way. That's why I don't know. But on the one that I just got, the newer one that I got, it had a normal one on there it was making that cam noise. Like I told you. And I, so I put... A, I had an extra one. I put a manual in there and the cam noise didn't go away. And they go, oh, this is a, and it was the cam was shot, but. Was it a stock cam or an aftermarket No, it was aftermarket cam. It was a, it was a re-welded um, cam and it had wore the hard facing off the small end of the cam, you know, in that little bearing inside of the head. Yeah. So I just, he, he had the stock cam. So I just popped it right back in there and adjusted the valves and it's, call it good. Makes a lot of power. Detonates because it has high compression piston that I want to take out. Actually, I want to put the stock ECU back in. I got it. I bought this super modified um 570. Was it the who's a who's a Barna? Yeah, it's the one that looks like a Husky because because mm-hmm. Bobby, the guy who sold it to me, owns a Husky shop, and the only reason he sold it is because he has way too many other bikes, and it's not a Husky or a KTM or a That's BMW the one that has this
2: equivalent price of the bike and the
0: Olin suspension. Right, it. it has the Olin suspension on it. I got a good deal on it, but. Actually, he's really lucky. He sold it to me because I was smart enough to go, "Hey, this thing's ticking," and I know that it wasn't a normal noise. Actually, it was a post on the EXC FE Performance Group over there on Facebook. So this is one of the groups that we participate in a little bit, and there was a guy that uh, he basically dropped a valve in a five seventy, and he showed the picture of the shim, and one side was all ground out, and the other side was nice and pretty. And then he said, I don't know how this happened. And, <laughs> and I know how it happened. The valve snapped off, His valve snapped someplace or another. And so then he when he finally looked in there, because the rocker arm was sitting where the shim used to be, and then he looked in there and there's no valve inside of that underneath the spring. And so he's like, I wonder if I'll be able to just fix this really. He's like, nope. I go, you can get parts. By the way, if you're looking for motorcycle parts, you need to buy something and you want to help us out here so we can um, you know, finish out the other half of this office. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that I showed you on the Instagram. Uh, no, so we can run air conditioning more than one day a week. Well, we don't really need that bir- much. Only We've for just... like you know, three months out of the year. Yeah, yeah. If you want to help us out, go to the link. Click through our link at Dirt Bike Test for the Rocky Mountain MCATV. Uh, we get a little slice of that. Click through that. It's on one of the sliders going through. There's a there's a pull-down menu you can get to it at. Uh, Click where it says support DBT. Yeah. It'll su- give you our Amazon and Rocky Mountain links. Yeah, and there's also Amazon. So, you know, if you're just going to buy a couple paper clips or something on Amazon, but when you're going to buy that big screen TV or the massage chair, massage chairs are nice, by the way. Oh, yeah. Get a massage chair and a split air conditioning unit, a big screen TV, maybe. What else did you buy? Can you buy it? If you're buying your Surron on... Amazon, click through our link because we'll get a little chunk of that. And um, I, think I'm, I think I've think i actually got it kind of fixed there. So um, I think I'm wrecking the resale value for myself on Hoosabergs by talking about them so much. Yes, Bob. Bob is our uh, in-studio lapdog, and he just raised his hand. He asks motorcycle what, questions. What
2: did the aftermarket cam do for the 570
0: besides bring? Okay. It, made, it made the rear wheel spin more. Yeah. Yeah. I made the rear wheel spin more. It did. It, it made it rev up quicker when it didn't need to rev quicker and, uh, did, uh, well, but I don't really know what it exactly did. Cause it wasn't actually getting the lift that it was claiming to get because the, 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 the journal on the inside was actually oval. So two of my valves were not opening up like they should have. So, yeah. So, um, uh, he just found a Husserberg in Colorado, Billy Trapped did. He said he found it behind a Walmart, so you know it's good. Uh, well, you mean someone stole it or a Walmart employee wrote it to work? Because like a Husserberg, if you have to work on it, will drive you to take odds and end jobs just to keep it running, by the way. so <laughs> Okay. Hey, it was nice to see all you guys on, on the uh, Instagrams. Uh, if you like I said, if you want to if you want to follow this, when I clip this, you can go to our dirt bike test YouTube page or our dirt bike test Facebook page. We are live right now. We go live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And uh, we answer all of your questions. I'm going to keep this going for a few more minutes. Look at Timothy Sullivan. Timothy Sullivan is one of those rare men that can break BMWs in half. Really break BMW not not once, but I think multiple times. Oh huh. yeah. <laughs> oh geez. Yeah.
1: Okay. Question, what does Joe want to know? So Joe Dougie on our Facebook feed. Front tires golden tire G two GT two sixteen AA or Shinko two sixteen MX Cheater. I've experienced I've experienced with the Shinko. I like the tire, but it broke down fast and the signs and had signs of dry rot wonder if the golden is a better choice go ahead and zoom the camera in on me real quick
0: yep. give me that camera what was his name again kendo no what was his name joe joe i'm kind of i'm i'm a little biased when it comes to tires and i don't like to talk about tire companies that support my off-road riding school that much but I would just go with um, a Kenda Parker DT all the time, which is pretty much what I do on my own personal bikes. But aside from that, aside from getting the best thing you can possibly ever get, and I'm not kidding, <laughs> uh, I would say my experience because I have ridden all of those bikes that the Shinko tires are of a slightly lesser quality than the Golden tires when it comes to um, you know wear and durability and and shelf life kind of issues and when when they that kind of dry rot sign and when you're when you're getting these these gummy tires these days they have shelf lives, kind of like a moose has a shelf life and other things so and the more expensive materials tend to last longer now i could be missed i might be mistaken or i might be right those two tires could be made in the same factory and it's just kind of what they put into them, how long it takes to get them shipped, how long it was sitting on the on the on the dealer's floor, and I'm not a big fan of those quote cheater type tires on the front because I've never really noticed that. I I I'm not like doing. I mean, I I I guess I I, I guess I've ridden some extreme enduros shit before. Evidently, just a time or two. Yeah, so. I've never noticed where I need that kind of level of grippy grip in an, in an event kind of thing where that grip on the Extreme Enduro stuff is, is worth the time I'm going to lose because that tire doesn't work properly every place else. And by Extreme draw, I mean like where you're really kind of having that knob has to grip onto the side of things and claw into stuff. So I tend to run a more... I would say normal tire. And sometimes when they call them cheater, they just put a softer rubber compound. In. in fact, I'm testing one of these kind of tires right now. And by testing, I mean, it's mounted up on a wheel. It's ready to go. I just haven't had time to do it. <laughs> I've been busy, but I'm getting some new versions of the rear tires. So I want to, I need to match out. But anyways, uh, I, I would just, just from my experience, I would say typically the golden could be a slightly better choice. But um, the good thing about tires is man, they wear out and you can change them quick. So give it a try. And if you, if you put it on and it doesn't work that good, take it off really quick and sell it to your buddies for half the price and then get another one, try something different. And then, and then when they ask you why you took it off, uh, you say that I'm really picky about tires and I want to be cool and run the same tire as Jimmy Lewis. So I'm not running this on my bike anymore. That's what I would say. There we go. Okay. Good answer. Yeah. Nine out of 10 questions without referring to, uh, Timothy Sullivan says, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> We're not bought out at all. <laughs> no, no, he's talking about when I said that he broke BMWs in half. Oh, I, that, yeah. I I know of one. I think one is a, is a good one, maybe two. It, well, Tim's a longtime dirt bike rider and a Baja guy and stuff racer. And, and, mm-hmm. and him and a bunch of my friends, and they're slightly older than me, a little bit older, they all got into adventure bikes, like way after I had. And they, they wanted to do the same kind of riding, these long distance rides on their adventure bikes that they've done on their dirt bikes. And then all of a sudden you realize on your on something that's 400 pounds, 500 pounds, and it's loaded and the brakes don't work as good. And when they hit ditches, the suspension, it's not meant to do that. And then the frames aren't meant to do that. and <laughs> So, yeah. Have they come to the school? Uh, Tim has not come to the school. Okay. Yeah, but he could right. anytime. It's like for a guy like that, it's almost free. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got, if you're, if you're riding a BMW at any point in your life, you have more than enough money in your back pocket to come and support us in the lifestyle, we become accustomed to, and we can hopefully, hopefully make you a better rider. Yep. All
1: right. Let's go to Ryan Ward. Have you had any experience with a 6.6 gallon on the RFS KTM 450 EXC? Oh, what year, Ryan? Um,
0: help me out here. I'll uh, oh, say, wait, RFS. So that's, that's old. Mm-hmm. The six point six gallon is that the Acherby's one that because there's there's Acherby's makes a big giant one and Safari makes a big giant one and again I've I have both of those tanks on there every single one of my Safari tanks is on the shelf right now it's it's not on a bike and and we use them for rentals and we have so mm-hmm. uh, he said two thousand six yeah and the, the it's, it's okay so that's actually a pretty good tank. It has straps on the bottom to kind of hold it together, and they're they're done. They're not they're not big, gnarly straps that that kind of are super rigid, which I find on the on the Safari stuff. And so it allows the tank to move a little bit, stuff. But it's a it's gonna it's a big big tank. It's it's about as good as you're gonna do for such a big tank. Let's put it that way. Uh, I would. They make some that are in the four-and-a-half-gallon range that are much more comfortable. At that they, they All of a sudden, they start bulging it really big where kind of like when you scoot forward on the tank mm-hmm. because that's the only place you're going to get the extra gas. I mean, the radiator shrouds are already massive, and it just it fills in that spot as opposed to be narrow and then kind of get thicker on the way out. So, um, that's my opinion. I have one. Um, uh, it's – and it has two pet cocks, and you have a Y junction in the middle, and all of that stuff. So if you if you're just looking for if you're really trying to make a long distance bike, in fact, I had a 400 with one of those and a gallon and a half on the side panel. Oh shit! So that was the bike Jim used to ride around. Jim loved it, mm-hmm. and uh, and he we took the stuff off, and he wanted it back because he got so comfortable with that. You know, because he was able to hang on to. I don't know. He just felt comfortable with all that extra bike. So interesting.
1: Chris real. All right. One of my favorite bikes ever was my 1991 KTM 300 TXC. Mint green seat, perfect off-road power band, double wall pipe, and very adjustable for mixed types of off-road riding.
0: And the power valve only broke off every third ride. <laughs> and I'm not lying. Actually, maybe with, the, maybe with the double walled pipe, the power valve, <laughs> it never opened up. So it it uh, it didn't break
1: off. So ninety one. Were you on KTM's racing? At yeah.
2: This point? Okay. Yeah,
1: that was my.
0: That was when I was a. That was when I was a full fledged factory. I did their brochures. Oh, shit. I did the brochures and those bikes. I we literally went someplace and they said, okay, here's the bikes. And they, I said, whoa, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was used to like my KTM's are like kind of red, white, and blue. Believe yeah. it or not, they they were white bikes with red and blue graphics and a, and a red seat and all of a sudden it was mint green (laughs) like (laughs) whoa yes bob
2: so the ktm uh, broken power valves
0: ktm broken power valves yes
2: so danny hamill had trouble
0: with that i Uh, was well aware of that and he gave me one Uh uh-huh how'd you fix it
2: it has so many stress risers right you just you just
0: round everything off yeah polished yeah um that's that's the truth. Hit the um counter there. Oh yeah, I, I yeah. got it. It's going up. I had to think. I had to think, think about that because I rode a KTM uh, 125 at the time. I had like literally no problems all year long. And and he he used the entire United States supply of cylinder and power valves in the matter of about three weeks of desert racing. <laughs> <laughs> they the, the and it, it had a little bit to do with some other stuff, which actually since Chris Real is on the on the chat, I'm gonna kind of like I'll just leave it a little bit vague. Mm-hmm. We had some other issues. And from the guy at the top said, I don't care how many, I don't care how long it takes to get to the bottom of this. We're going to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> and we got to the bottom of it. All right. <laughs> Dave Chase was so good at changing cylinders on KTM 250 and 300s. Like he could do it in about like seven minutes. It was ridiculous because Bobby, got, Bobby, uh, <laughs> <laughs> danny would go out and practice the bomb run roger tow him back <laughs> he'd be he'd be on another bike he'd have another bike he, he did dave had to prep two bikes every time for danny and he'd have another bike and he'd go out there danny got roger tow him back and david had the other cylinder right back on the damn thing Holy and it was shit. it was yeah and he I mean, took like 30 minutes for the cycle but yeah he was getting good at it so what was what was the fix for it Oh uh, just – it was actually it's real simple. But Chris is on the line, so we can't if Chris wants to let us know what the, what the that we, were, we, were, we were using a product that was good for ninety six percent of the riders in the world. It just uh-huh. didn't work for uh some of the guys that were at the that, that were factory 10-10. The guys that were running that thing at ten tenths. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't but in reality that wasn't the we, i think like bob said they kind of fixed or they they got a lot closer with the power valve it still broke a couple times it i don't think after it got polished i don't think i don't think i don't think it would they completely eliminated it because all of a sudden they we were getting when when they started making new cylinders and new power valves they were different they had the bigger journal on them and stuff like that there was a big there was a big change from 91 i believe to 91 to 92 or was it 92 to 93 i don't remember have more of the yeah yeah they all yeah all the stuff that you did you should have just you know you should have quit your job and started working for ktm and then and then guess what we'd still be talking about how crappy the ktms were if you had been hired there <laughs> <laughs> so oh, hold on a second kurt brooks says i took the class years ago the best accessory i could buy for my ktm 990 it was an epic weekend hey thanks kurt that's a that's i really appreciate that i honestly do um like it says on the back of the shirt uh, the best modification for your motorcycle is a better rider and that's why if you are driven to dominate you should ride a yamaha Uh, i wish i had the two-stroke read in front of me but i'm gonna go ahead and do you already did the two-stroke read no i kind of made it for the look of a full factory ride both the yz450f and yz250f come in an exclusive monster energy yamaha racing edition graphics package and you can take the Precision tunability to the next level with the Yamaha exclusive and industry's only free power valve. Why, why am I talking power I'm, tuner? Yeah, how about the power tuner? <laughs> <laughs> one of these days, someone's going to have a power valve tuner app, but Yamaha has the power tuner app. And if you have no idea how good it is, um, just ask me and I will tell you. That's that. That is my number one. Favorite thing about, about the YZs above and beyond just how generally good they are. Mm-hmm. And I'm I can't believe it's taken all the journalists this long to come around because I was on board with that in 2010. Back when I accused him of copying Canada. So okay. <laughs> uh oh, what's next? Mark Daniels. Mark Daniels? Yeah, he's he he, he ate, ate, but he's on it? he's late. I thought he said he ate, but he's on board. Uh Mr. Happy is glad you're here, by the way. Right there. Uh Good timing, Mark. Uh, if you have any questions, let us know. Oh, Chris, Chris is going to answer something here. Yeah. Lots of development in the 1990s.
1: Yes, we stuck pistons. Some motorcycles were busting in half. Everything got better.
0: <laughs> this is true. <laughs> uh, blame. Uh, it, it's only the only reason everything got better is because of the internet. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. all you need is an iPhone and the internet and you can have a show just like this. And with that, everybody on the Instagrams, I'm going to clip you right now. Uh, thanks for joining. Thanks for asking the questions. I don't see anything. Texas Jesus just showed up. My co-dog from King of the Hammers. What an awesome, awesome guy. Uh, actually, I heard he posted the best video of him doing a face plant the other day. I don't like watching crash videos, so I didn't see it. But my buddy George told me uh, Texas Jesus did a faceplant. So uh, search te- Texas Jesus on the Instagrams if you want to you see what four-wheel driving people do. Yep. And he sure as hell doesn't pull out max tracks like I do, mm-hmm. but he knows how to use a winch line. There we go. Yeah, there we go. That's all and, need. <laughs> and he can take a donkey like me, a two-wheel dirt motorcycle donkey, and teach him in the process of a race how to finish King of the Hammers. Oh, nice. which, which is a is a skill in itself. So that's pretty cool. And I'm glad he said I was pretty because I think he's a little bit gay. But uh, that's for another show. So awesome, guys. We will see you on the next thing. And uh, we'll catch you a little bit later on the on the uh, YouTubes. By the way, I'm on the Jimmy underscore Lewis underscore Instagram page. Your personal one. That's my personal one. There yeah. you go. Uh, Sherco has a built-in power valve tuner. Built-in. Okay, Craig's just dropping knowledge on me that I don't know. It has a it has an electronic power valve, and that's game-changing. I know this. So with that, I'm going to clip you, Craig. We'll see you over on the other side. Okay, and now, there we go. So I want to share this video. And with this, um, I don't want to learn more about this. Do you have any other questions? Well, I actually do have one just because oh.
1: my moto history is – i don't know as much about hey, the history hey, this is
0: tech talk telco tuesday number what 157 number 157 that we've done this show 157 times yes do we have a technical difficulty at the beginning uh no no, no there i was see, i didn't see anybody complain about they couldn't earn the volume yeah volume's good it sounded like the call center is working it's working by the way give us a call if you want to chat with us 775-318-5515 that is the seat concepts hot seat hotline hot seat hotline that's where i think the name is a little too intimidating we should call it the seat concepts my butt is so much more comfortable when i call you hotline there we go yeah i think that's a good good way of putting it yeah (laughs) because you shouldn't be scared i i'm nice some of the times but if you want it if you want to convince me what the best bike in the world is that's what we're doing tonight well i did see someone put something for their uh for their
1: best bike for their best bike yeah so from dave donley i have to say the 1982 yz 465 was the best motocross bike ever because it was the only bike i got a first place trophy on (laughs) when i turned 40 and raced the evo 2 class at the vintage iron nationals at Glen Helen 25 years ago novice class
0: that's a pretty good reason to put it as your number one bike. Everybody has a reason, and I can't—I couldn't even argue with him. But yeah, the, the 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 nineteen—which year was that? YZ 82, 82. So I'm thinking about—I remember eighty one. I remember that one because I, I wanted a eighty one YZ eighty so bad, and then I do remember the. Yeah. Okay vintage iron nationals 25 years ago. Cause I'm t- I was, I was doing the math. I'm like 25 82 is a long, longer than that. It's like, right. it's like 45 years ago. I They were racing those at Indian dunes. And there was a lot of guy, a lot of fast guys racing those at the time. So.
1: Okay. So hold on. This, br- this brings up a question that I have though. So I actually now have two questions, but this one's going to take precedence over the other one. You keep asking for everyone's best bike. And I don't think we've gotten a clear answer from you on um, what's oh. the best bike? Because and to me that's such a hard question to answer and it's an impossible question to answer cuz it depends on your situation like are we talking about best overall for all situations or
0: best overall at its designed purpose? Yeah, you're you're exactly right. And so the I cuz I was thinking about this when I was asking this question, I'm like, "What is I I the reason I brought it up cuz I don't know if I actually know the answer, although in some discussions I have over the last couple of weeks, I kind of think I know which which bike it was. And it just has to do with, you know, time, place, use, all this stuff, just something mm-hmm. that that just really excelled at it being what it was. And, and some of it is just like um our friend there that just talked about the 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 YZ 465 and why and, and how. Mm-hmm. So I'm almost gonna go with the time that I rode John Michelle Bale's. CR 500. And I wish I, I, I want to say it was like 86. I'll tell you what I think we, is the magazine over there yeah. with me on the cover on it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those are still there. Yeah. Was that you on the
2: cover, off the bike?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Best selling, best selling. I talked to Ron Lawson about that best selling cover of dirt bike in history. Period. That was the best newsstand they ever had. And, uh, they tried to redo it once. But the the photo model wasn't as good. That's what Ron said, and that that it's really strange that he actually gives me a compliment. But he did. So I, I want to say it was that bike at that time, and if it was '86, it wasn't a, a f- it wasn't a full factory bike. But since it, I wrote it after the MXJP, it kind of was a factory bike sort mm-hmm. of thing. And I guess you'd have to read the article to, to remember. You know, I would have to read the article to remember exactly.
2: August '91.
0: No, this was this this would have, the Bale five hundred would have been. God, could it have been?
2: Well,
0: no, wait, no, 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 it was, it was, it had to have been in February ninety two. Okay, yeah, it had to be ninety two. So we were way past the works bikes, but it was a, it was a, uh, it was a bike he rode at the at the MXGP that they had over here. They had the five hundred cc GP at Glen Helen, and so it wasn't it wasn't bound by the production rules. So I don't know exactly what they did to it or something like that. But having having ridden some 500s before, not a whole lot, Uh, I was still a young kid, and getting the chance to ride Mm -hmm. that bike, and and just from talking to, you know, racers now, kids and younger racers and stuff now, they're just like, oh, factory bike, and they don't even know what a factory bike is. You know, when I was growing up in 1982, 83, 84, you saw the Works Hondas, and those were factory bikes. Mm -hmm. Those were getting to hang around with, like, you know, Ricky Brabeck and Andrew Short and see factory rally bikes yeah those are factory bikes it's like what they ride in supercross and motocross are not exactly they kind of are but not exactly factory bikes especially from the outside because you don't see these they don't do crazy crazy things Mm -hmm. but you know factory suspension factory motor factory brakes look at you know that they had all the back then you couldn't get the stickers that were on that bike they just, right. they they were only for factory bikes. You couldn't just call up a you know graphics company and have somebody make you something.
1: Like like this was truly factory. There was no way you could buy anything about this bike. This
0: bike was so factory. Like Cliff White, when I when I walked up to go be the photo model on this bike, he grabbed me, pulled me around the side of the box van so nobody could see us, and he says, "If you so much as crash this bike, I'm going to kill you." <laughs> I think those those are those are his words. And and he basically said he said he said you look at the grip on that handlebar. And if I have to tell you how much time it takes me to do that, he says, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> like literally. Wow. And I, I was like, uh, okay. No and, pressure. Well, it was no pressure because like, you know, two or three weeks early, earlier, uh, or a m- couple months earlier or something like that, Rich Duchinski, who was another test rider for the magazine, had just wadded up like Donnie Hanson's bike or someone. I don't remember exactly. Oh, his wow. Like Jeff Stanton's bike in a, in a photo shoot for the, for, I don't know. I think it was for dirt bike, some ding dong test rider. Mm-hmm. And so I was really scared. I mean, I was scared, but so this bike, and so what he did with it, he, he actually took like three different Renthal grips and cut them and glued them really? together to make a grip that that Jean-Michel Bell, like that's how picky this guy was. Wow. I mean, the way that he had his levers set up and, 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 but you just start looking at it just aside from that, just like where the zip ties were placed, everything about this bike. And it was the bike. Cause it was like, we did this on a Monday or a Tuesday after the, after the race. So that bike really really does stand out as one of those things because 500s used to always make power mm-hmm. but they didn't make smooth power like this right and you know it was just it was it was carbureted perfect i mean you snapped the throttle and it snapped like a 125 went Brow,row. really and out of a 500 out of a 500 just it just snapped and but when you rode it it didn't snap and spin the wheel it just hooked up and went you never had to use the clutch on this thing really but if you use the clutch it was like impeccable it was like light pull and perfect and everything about this bike you know the, just the way the brakes worked he was mm-hmm. real picky about his brakes and they were they were super progressive but ridiculously strong and mm-hmm. and it's the same thing with the suspension it was factory suspension and he he outweighed me by a little bit at the time and I did not ride as fast but he rode so light on the motorcycle he didn't have this ridiculously stiff setup that you know a lot of racers end up gravitating to right he would kind of sort of go around the bumps float over them he a lot in a lot of ways he rides like the way that the ways that the Hunter Lawrences and the Chase Sextons and the and the Ken Roxons, Ken Roxons of the world ride today. And if you want to if you want to emulate somebody, ride like those guys. Right. <laughs> like there's nothing against the way that Eli Tomac rides, which by the way, is the one that won. Right, right. But that that's brute strength and and and, and being in and shape. Not being and, scared to just twist that throttle. It, well, he's not scared yeah. to twist the throttle because he's yeah. very patient. And he waits to get the bike lined up. Mm-hmm. He, he it, it, it's that's the thing that everybody, you know, nobody understands. Yeah. To see a guy hanging on, the, you know, he's he points it and then he goes, right? And he doesn't, he doesn't. There's no half a second roll the throttle on. It's from all or nothing. It's all right. brakes or all acceleration, and it, and it's very. It's someone that understands the 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 riding technique can look at that and go, I know exactly what he's doing.
1: Right. Well, he said in interviews, I'm either 100 percent on the throttle or 100 percent on the brakes. Yeah. And yeah. looking at you know looking at some of the berms and just watching some of those last motors at Paula, you re- I really got to see see that,
0: especially in the flatter corners. Yeah, he did, did amazing. But anyhow, uh, so yeah, I would I would probably say it was it was Bale's bike. It was that CR five hundred, and and the the cool thing was I'm pretty sure that you know whatever was inside that motor was kind of made within honda within the 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 factory guys at honda and stuff public knowledge and then eric kripa who is one of the media guys and used to be a factory mechanic in the old days Mm -hmm. uh got a hold of that cylinder a cylinder like that and figured out the stuff and so for for after that on cr500s we had the Barkmaster cr500 there was anything that kripa touched that he that we allowed him to modify um and he was doing stuff for race team and you know he he would he would help out like journalists that want wanted to tune a bike up or something and so we had Barkmasters and and uh, I remember the first time I raced with my buddy Dave Donatoni we were on the the Barkmaster 500 mm-hmm. that went something like 116 miles an hour really yeah it was Holy and, shit. and and it was still pulling <laughs> oh god <laughs> so yeah and it was it was all off of that so that probably is the is the one the one bike and I've and you know the funny thing is that so I go okay let's just go motocross bikes my second favorite motocross bike was Tim Ferry's KX450. And he, I think at the time, I'm trying to think of who was the, he was, it was he was factory Kawasaki. I'm trying to think if there was an, I, think it was, I don't know if James Stewart was on the team at the time or, or I don't remember who was there at the, at, at that time. And that bike, I kind of didn't, I kind of didn't, I mean, we we're just riding, you know, at the magazine, you got to ride factory bikes all the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If you wanted to, you know, if you could do a story on it, they let you do it. Right. And I just remember Timmy's bike, that 450 motor was one of the best 450 motors I'd, I'd ever ridden. And it was, it, 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 I don't even know if it, it made, it felt slow, but it made a lot of power. Oh, yeah. It was just, it was, it was smoother on the bottom and just the way it pulled It was probably carbureted back then. In 07, I think so. Yeah. And a lot of times, this is the thing, is I'm thinking the reason it was so good, it, the reason it was so much better is because they actually, you know, went and did this drivability. So it probably worked like fuel injection. And uh, that was another one that was really good. And his suspension was just, it wasn't crazy stiff or anything weird. Mm-hmm. I know what my least favorite bikes were. Jeremy Ugrath's championship CR250. Yeah. That was, like, hor- horrifying. And then... uh I think I talked about another one recently that I can't remember what it was, but. Was it Jason Thomas? Oh, yeah, I wrote, yeah, I talked about his bike. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that bike was horrible. (laughs) But it was set up for, it was set up for a small dude. And I'll bet you that bike worked awesome for him. And it's kind of funny because I think, did we talk about it a little bit? Yeah, no, he, he, I remember he had said, this was in a a podcast, I think it's been close to a year now. Yeah, we're talking about helmet, kind of about helmet safety. Yeah. And And we just got, I just kind of had to, I had to poke the bear and kind of see if I get a rise out of him, right? Like I always do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I, we we talked about it, I, I go, I remember riding your bike and it was absolutely, absolutely horrific, but. It probably was really good for a small guy. And he goes, "No, it's kind of trying to." He was kind of trying to hide something that the bike did that he didn't want it to do. And right. and I'm like, "Oh, okay, that makes even more sense now because." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I remember him saying it was set up for
1: him to just essentially just he would time his throttle to where it
0: would get the hit right when he was coming out of the corner. Uh huh. So I remember he mentioning oh, yeah, something about that. Yeah, and his bike, that that bike was a combination of. All the things that I don't like into one simple package. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> that just that just made it horrible. So yeah, it, it nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. And mm. and so and would, and so, so somebody go? Would the Husaberg five seventy make the list? <clears throat> I've had some really bad experiences on Husabergs. Like, I tried to race one in Romaniacs. Uh huh. That was a bad experience. I actually tried to ride the new, the new at the time 390. Okay. And you see how many guys are, you know, do you see the new trend of racing four strokes at extreme enduros? No. No, not no, 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 You don't no, see an enduro I, cross? I thought I was going to be part of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so
3: if I remember. And, so,
0: I... and the best thing is that 390 weighs at least one pound less than the 570, <laughs> and the 570 is a turd. So, Jimmy, this would be from your era of racing these bikes.
1: Uh, I remember, I don't remember where I saw, but this was years ago. I saw a video about Erzberg from, I don't even remember the year, but I saw BMW
0: dirt bikes there. And that was, okay, that was after, that was after I raced Erzberg. Okay. Because that was on the G450X, the bike that ruined both Yuha uh, Salman and David Knight's career. Okay. It's kind of like the Husaberg ruined Mike Lafferty's career. Now we were talking about this at the KTM Adventure Rider rally. Mm-hmm. He would have way more national championships than <laughs> Dick Burleson had he not had to race a Huseberg. Oh, God. Uh, and it's funny because we both agree on how great that bike is mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> <laughs> for you. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but uh, so, yeah, BMW. Well, I, the only reason I got to race Erzberg mm-hmm. was because I probably could have pulled some sort of you know, magazine editor stunt and gone over there because we had guys that got to go over there to do. Magazine intros and different things, but BMW, they had a thing to qualify for Erzberg. You have a race up the mountain. And so it's, it's a, it's a, it's like a Pike's peak on dirt Mm -hmm. and you start at the bottom, you race to the top of the mountain and I don't know how many kilometers it is and whatever. So the thing was, is like guys had started to take like, you know, rally bikes or really fast four strokes up there and just try to win the prologue. So it became a thing to win. They called the iron mountain. Prologue or Iron Mountain something, and so BMW when when they introduced HP2 and this was a couple of years before the uh, G450 came out, I was still under contract with them mm-hmm. from my Dakar racing stuff, and they said, "Hey, do you want to come to Erzberg and you know race up the mountain?" And I'm like, "Yeah, but I I want to ride the Hair Scramble. I don't really, you know, I mean, yeah, I can go up the road okay, mm-hmm. but I." My, I really want to do extreme enduro. This is kind of where my head was at, and my mind is what I wanted to do. I mean, not be a pro at it, but just that—that that was what I started enjoying doing. Yeah. So, I said, "Can I? Can I try to ride the the twin sonar? Because I've been involved in the development of it, and it was supposed to be a you know a kind of a real capable dirt bike, which it was for what it was." can I race it? And they're like, Oh no, hell no. Because they knew I wouldn't finish. There's no way. And you, and what you would do is you would go out and you would smoke the clutch or peel a cylinder off or whatever. Mm -hmm. They just didn't want the bike to be saw saw on that light. So it's like, yeah, you can come here and race it. And then, and then the way your contract reads, you can do it. So I could race anything but a KTM. Okay. That was in my contract. I could race anything anywhere in the world at any race except for a KTM. And so, but if, if uh, and there was a little weird thing where if I actually was doing something for the magazine, I could have rode a KTM. But okay, but I called up a contact at Gas Gas, and I literally they said, "Oh, you want to ride our bike at Erzberg? Yeah, factory rider. Well, you're full factory rider. Oh shit, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> so I showed up, and they had the the factory box van there, which like was a broken down milk, milk truck. Milk uh-huh. truck. This is Spain Gas Gas, by the way. Uh, my partner was uh, Christian Pfeiffer. Who who uh, was an incredible? Uh, uh, he he had won before mm-hmm. on the gas gas, and it, partner team. You know he was on the same team. He he got the new bike, the one new bike that they had, and I got the I got like maybe his practice bike. It was a couple of years old. Okay, and that was my factory gas gas. <laughs> that uh, yeah, so that's what I got to I got to race there. So this was previous to the BMW kind of showing up, and that that BMW, I don't. I, it's really good at climbing hills, so there's Got certain it. things at Erzberg that where that G four fifty could have done really well. Mm-hmm. But there's other things, the the having the clutch on the crankshaft, and uh, there's a couple other things that ne- don't necessarily wouldn't suit it to extreme. control. Being a four fifty four stroke would probably be the number one thing, right? Yes, Bob Bickler, the elder Letton Bichler, Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was he was also yeah he he was gas gas. Oh no, he went to BMW. Yeah, but he was also a gas gas yeah, rider he, he, but he rode
2: that four stroke
0: yeah, in, yeah. Didn't, at isn't he the right. one who finished
1: he finished on it well he finished without a foot peg didn't he I don't remember I thought I heard there was like
0: there's a story about him finishing Erzberg without a foot peg that yeah, wouldn't surprise me there's so many places to peel a foot peg off yeah. I, had, I had another South African guy fall on top of me and peeled my brake lever off oh shit I would have had a top 10 finish <laughs> there had that not happened oh god but I beat Jeremy McGrath, so that's all that matters. There you go. That guy's relatively famous. You may have heard of him. Uh, once or twice. Right. We have the same amount of Supercross championships. <laughs> well, but, your, but yours is on smaller bikes, right? Mine are in backyards. Some right, guy's right. house in Thousand Oaks. called Langtown. Oh, yeah. You may, may not be familiar with it, but there's videos on the internet. Yeah, which I, I still need to look up these videos. I made a lot more money racing mini bikes than I did racing big bikes for a long time. <laughs> and that's... And but that, it, this is... Like with XR 100 era, right? Yeah, XR 80, XR 100. I don't know if the 100 actually come out when I was just cashing these big Langtown paychecks. Right, right. So good times. <laughs> okay, so should we do a commercial break? I believe it's bound that time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, let's answer Todd Hicks' question real quick. So Todd, my Jimmy Juice has uh, has the stems and the butts in it.
1: Yeah. Still. Well, and I, I got to hear, I got to hear the the. You swallowing
0: that in HD. Oh, that's good. How do the factory dinosaurs that you were talking about compare to the factory bikes of 2022? They don't even compare. I bet you if I hopped on Bill's bike right now, and one of the main things about that was that it didn't vibrate Mm -hmm. compared to a stock bike. It was smooth, 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 smooth. I'll bet you I'd hop on it right now and go, holy shit, what a vibrating heap of shit. And I'd probably hop on it right now and go, man, stock KTM brakes are better than this. Mm -hmm. You know, this kind of stuff. So... Yeah, there, there. it's in that length of time, uh, there is no comparison. And even if you took that motor and dropped it into a modern chassis, you'd go, damn, this thing vibrates a whole lot. <laughs> and it's really not that fast because the power band's kind of short compared to these four strokes. So, right. yeah, things have evolved quite a bit. So, Well, I actually have a follow-up question okay, well, after, after the, the break? break. Okay, yep. let's do that.
3: What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text and it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you if you've ever received an order from us you know that the taco touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had uh, buying parts from anybody before and a handful of root beer barrel candies um, all of our Taco Moto Co-branded components come with a no-questions-asked lifetime warranty, and we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM, and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden and raced and knows meets uh, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure.
0: Since 2009, Seat Concepts has been dedicated to making the best aftermarket seats. More comfort, more grip, more riding. For 10 years, we've continued to raise the bar. Innovation and American craftsmanship make Seat Concepts the world-leading manufacturer of power sports seats. So welcome back if you're just watching that seat concepts commercial that's all the stuff i got to see live and in person at the uh factory tour i did before the uh, ktm adventure rider rally so yeah which, which looked really cool to see just the pictures on instagram yeah they they have some uh they have some really cool stuff and uh like i said make awesome awesome seats and i'll just let you know that just like the tequila i drink yeah it's got to be recommended and approved. I don't just grab – well, I'll try anything. But if you're a sponsor of this show, you're a sponsor of the show because you make a good product and I can honestly talk about it. And a lot of these companies give me – actually, I'd say 80% of them, they say just have Jimmy talk about our products. We don't have to give you a script or anything like that. Just let him say what he organic. say. Yeah, just be organic yeah. about it. And I and I am. So if you if you have a question about any of the sponsors we have on the show, let me list them off for you. Yamaha, Takamoto, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech – Fast company, seat concepts, and bulletproof designs. If you have any questions about that stuff, ask them on the show. I will answer them and I'll be honest with you. If if you describe to me a situation where one of those companies' products would not be the best for you, I will tell you this. And this is the agreement I have with these companies that, like, they know that they, there's not exclusivity. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, they're supporting the show. They're supporting us because they like what we do. They enjoy it. And I'm having them on the show because I like what they do and I enjoy it and they help us, you know, they, they, they allow us to come to you for free. And that's why Free Talk is asking, where's the tacos? There would be more tacos here if we had more sponsors. Yep. We'd have a taco plate and we're, then I would, we're I would... One sponsor short. Of a taco plate. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a gold. We have a list. and But the worst part about that is I'd be eating the tacos live and it would sound horrible. But I'm going okay. to drink tequila live and tonight's tequila. Get that, get that camera up yeah, here. Yeah, you got it. Who's... Hazzard, that camera. Uh, that camera. Which one? It's that the, one. Look at this, um, uh, Mark Daniels, for you. This I got down in uh, in Cabo. When I was down there, I went to the really nice tequila shop. I told that story on episode probably one forty-two. I'm guessing one forty-one, mm, one forty-two. I think one forty-five. I'm drinking it out of my shot gap glass from my bartender Janie, who who uh, retired. And she got me a Galapagos Islands. That's a blue-footed booby, and Travis just ate shit, and I'm going to have a little bit of a shot. And this is sipping tequila, by the way. But I got one question to go to quickly before we – before I have my sip of tequila. Redneck Supreme Leader 69, remember him? Yeah. He asked a question on the the Instagram feed we were doing earlier. He said – what state was the best most uh, – what state has the best most options for dirt bike vacation? Alaska is definitely not that state. Just saying that right now. Baja, California. <laughs> Baja, California, which is kind of like connected. Look, Janie's there. She saw it. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Janie. Cheers. So I'll have my sip. Baja, California is the best one. And I'll bring up a former sponsor of the show, Costa Rica Unlimited. hmm Costa Rica is another state where you can go to. Oh, it's a country. Okay, yeah, you can go to the whole country of Costa Rica and ride all over there. Well, let's look up the formal Costa definition of a state. It's a state of mind, Matt. <laughs> yeah, it's a state of mind. But, but like a like a dirt dirt bike uh, vacations, I know where I go, and and I don't. Um, I go I go different places almost every year. I kind of will focus on a certain area, and I never go back to the same place that much. I, I mix it around and switch it around. And the, the reason is, is because I like to explore. I like to see new places and that way I can, I can know where the best place is. And then if you go someplace, if I go, if I pick a wrong area, which I have a couple times, mm-hmm. I picked the wrong area and went there because it was really good. And then it, it got wrecked because it was really good. And every ding dong on every, Oh, check me out. I'm riding here and here, here, here posting tagging locations all this stuff like some pristine stuff like and you get ding dong internet influencers says i rode here and they they you know they'll share track logs with you and stuff like that guess what how much does that cost you to, to get that information nothing zero free so mm-hmm. you have nothing invested and you go there and you have no idea about the guys that work on the trails and maintain the trails it's somebody's secret stash essentially or it's just a because any place that's really super close to big population, populous locations, and stuff, generally not that good. Overused. It can be good, but it can be overused. So, I, you know, I kind of get bummed when people talk about. It. That's why I really don't, I don't, uh, I don't really comment on locations too much. You know, kind of yeah. keep it keep it quiet. Or you're, it's not going to be that good for very long. So, I hate to to dance around the answer, but find it yourself. <laughs> fight it. and and go there and if you go there put something back in just go just don't go and take put something back in when I go ride on states that that have like you need to buy the sticker I buy the sticker I don't just mm-hmm. go I'll never get caught i I buy the sticker if you run into some guys that you know some local guys or something like that and they're riding around with chainsaws help them yeah you know or carry a chainsaw do some trail work when I go early season on some of these places, I cut trees. And and I don't know, you know, almost every one of these ding dongs that's a that's a that's that's talking oh go here and go there, they don't work on trails. They post shit on Instagram and Facebooks and whatever. Have their have their their favorite routes on a list on some trail site or something like that. Right, right. Yeah. I wanna I like running into these guys <laughs> and having it and having a nice discussion out in the woods with them. Yeah. Right. So anyways, cheers. So I mentioned before the break, out had a follow up question for something
1: that you had brought up mm-hmm. quite a while, quite, quite a ways back. I'm kind of circling, not like a full city block, but a good chunk of a block. So you had mentioned that factory bikes back in the day were nothing like factory bikes today and not necessarily in technology, but in the leap from a stock bike to a factory bike you kind of
0: implied that that was a greater leap than it is today yes okay because the bikes today are so good right the the difference the bikes back then were not they weren't they were not as as tuned as good as they are today Mm -hmm. and as much as guys will not believe me when i tell you this the power delivery on the bikes today is a lot closer to the way that the factory motorcycle delivers it than you would think as, mm-hmm. as far as the smoothness. And everybody says, this bike feels slow. Now, yeah. well, slow and, and rideability kind of – they kind of go a little bit hand in hand. Right. And, and on a factory bike, you turn the throttle – and it it just accelerates harder than the stock bike where you turn the throttle. But here's the thing about the stock bike: if you can still turn the throttle, there's more power available for free. Mm-hmm. So don't give me my bike doesn't have enough power if you're not wide open. Just right, right. Like, we'll stop right there.
1: <laughs> so, so well, my my question is now is that greatness and i, I think i kind of i think you've kind of stated the answer so is the reason for that gap being sh- uh, shrinking is, is that because the stock bikes have just gotten that much better or has there been like a production rule that has limited the factory bikes from being you know like the, the pinnacle like the f1 cars you know the
0: difference between an f1 car and an average car yeah well it, it it's 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 technologies have gotten a lot better so the so the technologies are available like kind of shorten that gap up the 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 production kind of rule and the cost it takes to build a factory bike and since the production bikes are so good or they can make a production bike good enough to where it can be quote a factory bike with modifications that, that there's there's the thing is there's not a rider that needs that extra level they can do everything with basically production ish components we right. fit in production rule to make it into what is a is a factory bike and mm-hmm. i i don't think there, there, what really makes a factory bike a factory bike is the amount of manpower and hours and tuning it takes to 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 make it work the way that the rider needs to make it work. So when you when you sit there and go, "I want kit or factory suspension," you're going to get suspension that is just as bad as the stock suspension from a standpoint of was it tuned for me? Mm-hmm. It's not. It's tuned for everybody. They, when you buy kit suspension, in fact, they throw it – who knows what – and that thing, they don't care what they throw in it because they're sending it. There should be selling it to somebody who is going to get it tuned and modified for that person. And if you don't know what that stuff is really set up for, mm-hmm. it may not – you may not even be in the right in the right field. Most guys that buy yeah. that stuff typically, my opinion, buy it because of what it looks like and they say it's on their bike. Right. So it's like right. They, look, they point it out and go, yeah, factory shock, factory forks. Oh, look at those coatings. That's really yeah, good. How's that's... it work? Oh, it's awesome. And what are you going to do? Tell them no, it isn't. Right, right. I I usually I don't tell them how it works until I ride (laughs) it. But so yeah.
1: Well, you know that was an excellent point. There was I like the point where what makes a factory bike a factory bike is the hours that puts that's put into it, not necessarily the components. That's where the money. That's
0: That's, yeah, yeah. That's that's the the yeah. The stuff costs a little bit more. It might be a little bit better materials, but most people you could you could you could leave the outsides of factory stuff. On a factory you know you'd leave the outsides on and throw just generic stock stuff on the inside mm-hmm. and it would work, probably work better <laughs> for for most people that are you know that are that are outside of the racing realm that that buy it but it takes it takes tuning and time and it you know mm-hmm. somebody that knows what they're knows what they're doing to make it work hey i gotta bring up something else that i've learned about this weekend up at the uh, ktm rally is there's the oh we I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not saying this. Oh. Ah- Ahui, motocross track, which is in Boise, Idaho. It's literally just a few minutes outside of downtown, and it's a it's a motorcycle club that's been around since the early you know early 1900s. They have a property. They've had a track there forever, and all of a sudden, development kind of moves in, and they want to get rid of it. And I've seen this happen plenty of times at many different places. And so some somebody that's either, you know, wants to have the old area to themselves or they're going to develop it has bought the, all the area around the outside of them. And now there's this little motorcycle park in this really awesome place it has been there forever. And they're trying to run them out. So they went through all these court cases and stuff and so they went through a settlement and now they can stay if they can – and I'll put it bluntly, quit contaminating the water that runs off from the place. So they need to build – they have to do a drainage project, which is – here's – here's the, you want to get rid of a motorcycle park? I'll tell you right now. All the environmentalists, listen to this. So the first thing you go after is noise. OK? Just say – they got to meet noise standards. That's, mm-hmm. it. That's, that's one that's tough to get, but these guys are obviously doing something there. Then the second thing you go after is water. If there's any erosion from the place, if any of the water that runs off the property is contaminated – this is the thing. So that's is what they stuck them with, and so now they have to fix this, which they can. There's there's projects and there's ways they can do that. And then then of course the next thing they go after is dust, particulate matter, air quality kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, anyways, the good thing is these guys are fighting back, and they're they're really trying to make this track thing. So what they have is they have a rally, a, a, a raffle. I'm sorry, there they have go. a raffle where they're raffling off a Husky 501, really nice bike, and. It has all this kind of cool stuff on it, and there's some other there's some other uh, products that they're raffling off as well. Then they need to raise about eighty grand because it's a the club operates as a nonprofit, and they need to raise about eighty grand just to 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 get the materials and stuff to do the work that they need to to do this. So so I actually got behind it because I offered them a school. I said, hey, I'll do I'll do a free school, add it to your raffle, so there's more prizes, so more people do it. But it's more about just getting the word out there that. They, you know, need some need some help and assistance. And this may not be the park in your backyard, but trust me, when it's the park in your backyard or close to you or whatever, you're going to hope that you get some national support and people mm-hmm. that are understand. And I've ridden there before. I rode there a long, long time ago when I was going up to race the Idaho 100, the the qualifier up there. I think I went up there with someone else who was a local from the area to go to kind of set our bikes up to try, you know, to, to get the jetting right or you know whatever. Um, and, and back then it was, it seemed like it was a long ways out of town, but I knew we drove right through the middle of town to get there. I guess now it's right, you know, town is encroached on the, on the riding area, but I think we have a link to put up, uh, and it is up right now in the chat. Yeah. So there's a link about the, uh. And I'll put this link in the description for the podcast
1: as well. Awesome! So that way, the people who are listening to this after we record it, you can just go ahead and click the description, and it'll it should be there for you to click, and you can buy the raffle tickets. Yeah, there. buy
0: some raffle tickets. Uh, support support them. Tell a friend. Share that link. That's that's the biggest thing. Share the link, and if you you know buy a few tickets and stuff, then you're yeah. you know you're in a raffle, and the the thing is you you spend twenty, fifty, hundred bucks or whatever it is you you spend this. And you forget about it, and somebody calls you up and says, "Hey, you want a husky?" <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You know, maybe you're that lucky
1: duck. Yeah. So, so please, like you can put, you can copy that link that I put in the chat, and you can put
0: it on your social media right now. Yeah, if you're, yeah, if you're sitting there like bored out of your skull, mm-hmm. listen to this damn thing. And if you're, if you're listening to this, go to the, go to the show description, and you'll see it there, or you know, check out uh, dirtbiketest uh, dot com we'll probably try to put something up there and or it'll be in the, the link to this show. So yeah. uh good times. Great times. Anything
1: else? Well, speaking of great times, I think it's time for everyone's favorite segment.
0: No, how's your beginner bike
1: testing going? It's going good. It's yeah. going good.
0: Yeah. Do you have a winner? I yeah, I've had a winner for about a week now. Okay. Still a secret, right?
1: Still a secret for now. I do want it to is be your, saved is for Is your mom,
0: is your mom going to tell us in the the video? My mom did pick
1: the we, same bike we, as you.
0: We agreed on the winner. Mm, that's good.
1: Yeah. No, no fights. I think actually hey. two two of my testers
0: agreed with me on the winner. You know what I want to do before um, Rooster Rando? Oh, what? because we, yeah, the helmet. We forgot we we forgot about this last week. I brought I'm in put the camera on you. Okay, we far forgot about this. We didn't even do it last week. I didn't even announce it. Right. Talk we put it it. in the introduction of the podcast. Oh, I talked about how I uh, how I forgot to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So this is my climb uh F5 cryo I'm trying to get the name right cuz I always forget the names of these things. So <laughs> this is climb's latest adventure by Kelvin. Here it is and Bob's my my uh, the lap dog Bob is showing me my glasses that I don't have cuz no it wasn't that it's I was sitting there trying to read it and I'm like going, "Oh, I know they put the name here." because I didn't know if it was F3 or F5, or maybe it's not, a, but it's the Cryos Pro. So I don't think it's an F3 or F5. I think those are the off-road helmets. I think once it goes to Cryos, it's, it's this. That thing, that's adventure or dual sport riders. And if you haven't ridden with one of these helmets yet with the, with the pop-down visor, which pops out of the way, and if you really want to wear goggles, which you don't really want to when you're doing this kind of riding, uh, that's a big deal. Uh, it really keeps your face uh, – the wind off your face. keeps uh, the – the you can you can pop it open and get a little breeze, pop it down, and it's just uh, comfortable. I don't know what it is. I think it just keeps the wind burned off your face if you're doing like lots of miles. So mm-hmm. I, I rode with this this weekend. I did not test it, which oh, is really? a good thing because in order to test a helmet, oh, you must crash kind of your head into the
1: ground. <laughs> that right? kind of test, yeah. That kind of testing. I mean really <laughs> – but we're really just testing ventilation
0: and comfort, right? So the the, the problem that I had with my older Climb uh, Cryos helmets was venting. Number one was venting. And so we were riding in extremely cold, and then it got warm again. And they now have a little vent guy here that pops up and down, which is game-changing. I mean, you could always open up the visor, but a lot of times there's bugs and different things. Rain. We had rain. Yeah, I remember you mentioned yeah, that a little bit of rain, and uh, you can put the visor, you know, all the way down. The rain isn't smacking on the cheek and the nose, and you can still let some air in there. There's also a vent up here that pops up and down, it goes click click. Actually, the vent's in the way right now, but vent goes up and down. Awesome uh, venting. It's mm-hmm. be- way better than before. So it went from nothing to something, which is good. Not like the super old climbing helmets. Do you remember those that had the had the, had air channels and stuff in them?
1: Oh yeah, I remember yeah. the first time I saw uh,
0: like you showed it to me and yeah, it was that's it's the most vented helmet in the world. But you don't want that much venting because it actually if somebody roosts you, it mm-hmm. it actually amplifies the roost into your head. Oh it boy, it sucks it back down. So this helmet comes with two different uh, windscreens. One's clear, and this one is actually light sensitive. Oh really? Which is super cool. Yeah. Cause that way you don't have to be worried about having sunglasses. Mm-hmm. You know, uh when you're when you're doing it, you don't have to have the sunglasses. It comes with the what do they call this thing? It's the it's the little stick-on thing that eliminates the the fogging. Oh I forgot what those are called. I used to have to install those when I worked at a shop. It's called the pinlock. There we go. Yeah, the pinlock thing. So it's all set up. This comes standard with it. Uh the 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 other the other thing I had was the indexing on the old helmet wasn't as good for the for moving the vent up and then mm-hmm. the, the way it settled back down and sealed, this seems to be definitely improved. But I'll tell yeah. you the one thing that you need to know about this helmet is is it's a round head shape helmet. And I have an oval head shape. Oh yeah. So more of an oval. I think I think it's it's I heard I've heard it's fifty-fifty, but I think there's more ovals than there are rounds. And so I typically fit well into um, a Rye helmets as opposed to showy okay and then and then uh, the climb like the climb f3 for instance feels like it's more of an oval where the f5 feels where, where it's more of a round shape so I would suggest trying it in trying it out but even because of that, there's basically some channels. The, the liner is totally removable up underneath here. You can pop the liner all out. And I was able to just like cut some of the channels on the foam down, and it was fine. So with a, just a slight modification, I turned it into a oval helmet. Yeah, there you and go. I, and I was comfortable. Like I've, I kind of – when I put it on and tried it, I said, oh, this might be a little bit round for me. Put it on after the first four hours. I had a couple little divots in my head. Oh, boy. And then I I pulled the liner back, saw where those things were, you know, tuned them up a little bit, and then on the way back, I was fine. So all good there. And if you're smart, you put a – all it takes is a sticker, and you're part of the club. So – oh, and if I do crash, this has choroid in it. Do explain what that is. It's like you take all the straws that are now illegal in California. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's made of a special material. They look like straws. They put them together. It's like an impact or crush barrier. Okay. So it allows torsional flex and okay. compression oh, as yeah. well. So instead of just being like all EPS, yeah. they have these choroid sections in here, and that's their, oh. that's Climb's uh, kind of extra level of safety. And I have torpedoed my head into a sand dune where I felt that uh, I said, oh, this is going to be bad. And it wasn't bad. And it was one, it was actually an early, early coroid helmet. Mm-hmm. And I opened it up and I looked inside and said, holy crap, look at that stuff. It was all twisted and distorted. And so I uh-huh. sent it back to him and said, yep, it did its job. That's perfect. That's, that's a lot of energy. Wow. Yeah. That, that stuff absorbs. So it's not MIPS or it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like a bunch of little straws. It's essentially like straws uh-huh. that, that, that can, that can break and crush and, you know, and like twist and everything. Yeah, they that's can, cool. They can deform. So wow. it protects you and turtles.
1: Turtles have straws too. Well, the, the whole thing—the the whole thing about plastic straws is like
0: turtles. And no stuff. straws kill turtles and dolphins yeah. and yeah, tuna yeah. fish, but they help your head. Yeah, but that's not going when to they're, to the turtles they're, they're called it's protecting you. and they're in the climb, Cryos. Yeah, yeah. It's not the F5. It's Cryos. It might be called a Cryos F5. I something tells me I saw F5 in there something, but it's an EC. It's an EC DOT helmet, so it meets all the standards that I like. Uh, and all good. So I forgot to talk about that last week. I was going to talk about it. I was going to talk about it that I was going to use it. And now I used it, and I like it. Nice. And just a small tune-up for me on the phone. But I would, like, most helmets, I would really like to get a try on before I actually purchase them. Right. And, and that's that's uh, difficult if you're doing a lot of stuff mail order. But, uh, yeah, worked out. worked out awesome, especially. So just let me know, if you're not a... If you're a if you're a really if you're a more round head form, you're going to love it right away. If you're more oval, might need a little bit of tuning. Do you have that backwards? Round. It's a round helmet, and if you're an oval head like me, okay. you might need a tune. Yeah, it's, I it's, think I heard you backwards before. Right. It's it's so it's it's set up for round head shape mm-hmm. more than oval. So it's it, it just in yeah. my opinion it's I, I would say it's actually kind of in the middle because it's not as bad as some round ones but then again the way that they have the foam set up inside there mm-hmm. these days a lot of times there's only certain parts that are contacting your head so like the parts that are making it into a round head shape can easily be kind of you know tuned down a little bit and it, it might not in in the grand scheme of things it might affect the the you know, the the compression, because you don't get that little bit of compression from that that ridge of foam. Actually, mm-hmm. on, on some of the helmets, when we tested, did a really crazy test on helmets. The, the way that the helmets were able to achieve a really good rating was to have like little ribs of foam as opposed to just a piece of foam.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So like kind of like a bicycle helmet, if you see bicycle helmets, the way that the you know the bicycle helmets are all vented. It's yeah. actually really good for absorbing impacts because they crack and break as opposed to stay all together and mm-hmm. and so they they, they well, it allows
1: the kind of it focus the force is distributed to to crush the things rather than just
0: push it on you. Then yeah, and Bob's raising his hand. It's amazing how much a lap dog knows about it motorcycles and things.
2: Distance for energy attenuation. Mm-hmm. And so those little ribs give you more distance. Ribs yeah. give
0: you more distance before. It, it 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 takes more time yes. for the impact for the for the for the energy transfer mm-hmm. into the brain. So Todd Kelly has a nice question. What's that?
1: What do you think about mountain bike helmets for more slow riding? It's kind of a trend here in Southern Arizona to wear highly vented full faced mountain bike helmets during the hot months.
0: You know, if you tell me how you're going to crash, Todd, I'll tell you exactly which helmet to wear. It's that simple. Unfortunately on your motorcycle it's real easy to twist the throttle and get going a little bit faster than you ever will on your motorcycle on your mountain bike and a lot of the injuries the head injuries that i have been associated with not me personally uh, but i've been around involve the motorcycle hitting the rider in the head so a bike hitting you in the head probably you can get away with a mountain bike but if have you just think about dropping your motorcycle on your mountain bike helmet although some of the downhill ones are actually pretty pretty good and i have seen i've seen guys race extreme enduros in them so hey it's your head put whatever you want on top of it yeah Go. i don't know if i'm on board with if it's the full face vented
1: helmets that i'm thinking of i don't know if i'd be on board at any speed with the motorcycle yeah they're in and,
0: and the whole chin bar on the front of the helmet mm-hmm there there are some tests into that, but it's really not that it's they, they don't care about your face. Like yep. when they're designing a helmet, they're more worried about your brain. So it's kind of encompassing up here. That's why you can get away with those, you know, like in the DOT tests, you can have those like dome helmets that people are wearing and stuff. Mm-hmm. This, those because you just have to protect the top part of the skull. They don't care about your jaw and your nose. If you care about your jaw and your nose and things yeah. like that, well, you might wanna think a little bit about, about that. So um. Yeah, I, I'm just of the point where you need to you need to make your own decisions about your safety, and and I will tell you what I know. But at the end of the day, you know, if you want to ride with uh, no helmet or something like that or less of a helmet, I just don't want to pay your medical bills. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I'm I'm out on on it. Yes, so. Bob.
2: So there's work being done to make work frangible uh, front lower sections.
0: Fra- frangible, yeah. Is yes. frang- can you can you explain? Can you he, Collaps- collapsible? Yeah. So
2: that it doesn't do this rotational maneuver, right. And break your
0: neck. So he's talking. Bob was talking about having kind of like a breakaway, because the well, that's where like the the stuff is. Like there's a certain amount of tightness you want on the helmet, you know, so that it fits and it and and you don't have any additional acceleration. But there's also this thing where they want the helmet to twist on you, and and that face shield the 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 the, the chin gar- chin bar when it's hit improperly can can kind of twist and actually cause some side rotation uh although you know some of the some of the studies i saw that, that that's actually good as opposed to as opposed to just going kind of straight in if you actually start tur- if your head starts turning as it hits the ground it spreads the load out better right. again tell me how you're going to crash show me exactly how you're going to crash and i go oh we can we can design a helmet for that then every helmet engineer that i talked to basically said those same words and not one of them said tell me how much you want to spend and i'll tell you how safe we can be and this is the biggest misconception that we ever hear about on helmets and i'm one of the guys that says it just clearly because i don't have a helmet company and i don't but i i know that a lot of these guys don't let the price determine your helmet let fit number one weight number two those are the two. Those are the two things that actually have a significant impact on how much that helmet will work for you. Weight, weight, weight's probably the first thing. No, fits the first thing. No, I would say it right. Fit is the first thing because if it's an improperly fitting helmet, especially too loose, that's the worst thing. Weight, added weight, just adds to the force. So those two things can actually be scientifically kind of calculated. And generally those two things, the better they are, the better result is. And then everything else makes literally no difference at all. And the only time price came into play is if you kind of averaged out over a lot of different helmets. Because sometimes you're paying for the name and sometimes you're paying for the styling. Other times you're paying for better materials and you're paying for – for more R&D and research Put into even lesser materials But to make them work better So don't let the price be te- Because a helmet is a dispo- a Disposable item And if you use your helmet And you test it And it works You should probably replace it <laughs> so, Yeah <laughs> Okay Cool We should get onto this rooster endo thing We should Because I'm like looking at the stick. time I'm looking at the time So Okay, so Rooster Endo is brought to you by Tacomoto. That's tacomoto.co. Go to their website at any time, any place in the world, and you can find something there for your motorcycle, including the underwater running kit, which I might have needed when I was riding a couple weeks ago because I rode my bike to the depth of handlebars. But luckily, I shut it off, and I told that story last week or the week before. Yeah. And it was a good one. So, Tacomoto.co gives us a $100 gift certificate for the the best submission we have, and we get to decide what the best is, but that's not until we decide whether your bike roosts or endos. Yep. Thank God this guy actually took a picture of his bike with some light on it.
1: Yeah. Who is it? This is Cole Smith. This is his 2020 EXC. He has it set up for tactical riding, has Midwest Mountain Clutch lever, KTM Hard Parts Gripper Street with a tug strap, Force Billet radiator guards and Force Bash, uh, bash Plate, Fastway Evo 4 foot pegs, 5mm lower and 5mm back, Mita's EF07 with Midas. new tech test, yeah, with New Tech plushie moose and Golden Tire 216 fatty on the front and over 100 hours of trouble-free riding. What a tractor. Makes me look like I have some riding ability. Love your work. Keep it up.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, I appreciate the compliments. Uh, I appreciate you sending a bike in. I haven't seen this. Is is this the first time we've had one of the big old basher
1: skid plates? I think so. Uh, Actually, I'm trying to remember. There there might have been one a
0: long time ago. So he has that skid plate. And I first saw these in South Africa when I did the roof of Africa. And they were all home built. There was obviously a guy over there who you could take your bike there and he would build a a bash plate that extended from the skid plate up over the pipe because it was really hard to get pipes in South Africa at the time. And just things so they would protect everything. And this uh, skid plate kind of reminds me of that. Uh, Looks like a pretty nice, pretty nice chariot. Yeah. I'm looking at that. I'm looking at the foliage trying to decide where exactly he's at. He's kind of, he's kind of disguised. There's a lot of green in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Looking, the fatty tires indicate, you know, some mud riding and things like that. I would think, I don't know. Looks like there's, there's, like. did, Did he say, did he say what his grabber straps were? I
1: think I said, tug- tugger, I I I said tugger? tugger. Did I Tugger? you say Tugger straps? Where, did my, we, we like where tug- did my thing go? I
0: don't know. You probably threw it over your oh, shoulder. Here we right? go. You always do. You don't uh, care.
1: Always. Yeah. You know me. Uh, no, it just says Tug strap. Uh, KTM hard par- Hardware's gripper and tug strap. Gripper
0: okay. seat and tug strap. Gripper seat. Okay. Yeah. So Tugger. I probably, they're probably Tugger straps. This guy's getting busy with his bike. Yeah. I mostly like it. What, what sprockets are those? He definitely needs some DDC ones, but what sprocket? Can you Is use... that stock or rentals? It doesn't look like stock. Let me see if I can enhance here. Looks uh, like it's chains, my... chain's a little too tight too. know yeah, chain might just be a tad bit on the tight side. Or... So if you if you're on our uh, our video feed, that looks it looks tight, doesn't it? Oh, the chain definitely does. The... And it looks okay. like a steel. So I'm the reason I caught that, it looks like a steel sprocket. It looks like a like a oh man. I don't know, like it doesn't look like a Sunstar one because Sunstar does those those kind yeah, of Swiss it, cheesy stainless steel it's ones. It's definitely not Sunstar. And and judging by the color of his chain, he's got some uh you know some definitely some caustic water down there. I, I'm looking at that plant in the background. Is that Hawaii? <laughs> but I don't know. Uh I'm liking this. I think it's uh I think he's got his bike set up, but loosen up your chain because I don't want your countershaft bearing to go out like Cooper's mm-hmm. did. So yeah, uh, I'm going roost, Matt. What are you doing? Uh, it's kind of middle of the road. Middle of the road. Well, everybody goes so crazy with graphics and all this other stuff. Oh, I appreciate just the just the plastics. I don't think this guy looks at his bike. He stands around and looks at his bike that much. He just he just rides it. Yeah, and that's why I'm he's more a little bit more like me. So roosting, you know, yeah, roosting. I don't know why I would like somebody to be more like me because it's stupid but okay all right so this was an
1: email submission sent to me a couple days ago this is this is a good one what is it a video no it's not a video the The only video one is it's the one that George the sent.
0: this board is falling apart we need a cork board moving forward we need to talk to we need to get does anybody here want to be uh like a like an intern at dirt bike test uh we're we're have an intern position in prump nevada you have to work well, it's real simple. You, you could probably work for four days and and save me one hour of my work. I mean, in other words, I could do what you, I'm going to ask you to do in one hour, but it'll take you four days to do because I have to keep re-explaining it. So net-net, I'll lose a lot of time, but you'll learn a lot, and then you come be an intern. I don't care if you're 70 years old. Bob, how old are you? Old. Oh. Okay. So I'm going to fire Bob, even from being the lap dog in the, in the in the room. Because uh, all the other kids had to go to school So we fired him Okay what's this This is from Landon Snyder It's a stock 2021
1: KTM 300 XCW With a custom seat delete kit Feel free to schedule a class with him To learn how to accomplish such a mod
0: <laughs> So his buddy sent this in No no this is him Oh he sent it in Yeah Oh he wants to schedule a class with you No, nah, he says he will schedule a been- class with him So
1: we can learn how to do this Oh and I don't think I wanted a 10 diagram. I know how to do that. It's
0: yeah, you just put it in first gear and you twist the throttle. Yeah. You regrip the throttle in a bad way and then yeah. you just yeah, just do that. This is easy, easy mod, yeah. Easy mod, yeah. He well actually what he was doing is he listened, he's a good listener to the show, obviously, if you sent this stuff in. Mm-hmm. And and he was thinking about buying the ECU and some reeds and a different pipe and a different muffler. Yeah. And he was gonna buy all that stuff. And he said, Well, Jimmy said there's more power for free if I just turn the throttle farther, mm-hmm. and then he, and then he got the free seat delete kit that came along with that. You know, I hear Canadians are good at looping out 300s. Is it Canadian? I don't think so. Why Canadians? Wasn't that a Canadian with your 300? Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. No, they don't just loop it out. They smack. They smash. His muffler still looks pretty good. Yeah, like my muffler was in a different location when when that Canadian guy. It, <sighs> I I blame it on the fact that they're not used to being out in the sun and everything. They live underground mm-hmm. most of the year, and so they came out and their their little beady eyes aren't used to all that sun. And then when they when they kind of they they close down, they can't see. And and then then there's a throttle. So, uh, well, you looped out, but you endo. In my world, I like the confusion on his on his face. Do you think a subframe is okay? Yeah, I don't – I I'm, I was actually just started thinking that as you said that. Well, so I'm sure that all the husky people out there, the the white KTMs that have plastic subframes. Yeah. I wonder what would happen there. But I don't I, – I don't I, see – It kind of looks like it's okay. Yeah, the fact that it came off together, but I don't I – th- I think the way that that is – what year was it, 2020? You 21. Said, 21. That has a single – yeah, the A seat single bolt. seat bolt yeah. that goes through there. What does that actually bolt to? Does it bolt to the fender?
2: Yeah.
0: It's kind of all in, it's yeah. all plastic yeah, it's in that fender.
2: goes all the way through to the other side. There must yeah. have been
1: some kind of crack there already
0: for it to break off like that. Yeah. He's lucky his gas tank didn't come off too. <laughs> yeah. Ando. Jeez. I'm not coming to your class either. I'm going to the guy who straps my bike into the wheelie machine where I can just, like, turn the, turn the throttle and I don't do anything. I just, like, ride along and I think I learn how to wheelie by doing it. Because if I can't take a pill, put it on a machine, or, you know, do it for free, then why would I want to put any extra work? Whoa, here we go. Yeah, there's a, there's two like this. Two like this? Well, not quite like this, but. All right. This is a 2003 XR650L. He should have just put the years. It could be like 2022 to 1996. (laughs) What is going on with that muffler? That's the stock one. That's stock? Yeah.
2: Whisper quiet. Oh, yeah. Holy
1: crap. Okay. Seat concept seat. Hevo trials handlebars with tusk clamps. Oxford heated grips. Rejetted carb and k air filter, Kenda K two seventy rear tire, Pirelli MT twenty one front tire, eBay rear shark fin, JT Racing eBay, over the chain, eBay rear shark fin. He bought the he bought it this spring with forty two hundred miles on it.
0: Things barely broken in. Yeah, he's got quite a lot of miles left to go on that. That thing, that thing will last. That thing's going to last till it's illegal to ride because it has yeah. a gas motor in it. That is, that's a, that's a cherry. That's a bush pig royale. And he hasn't, he hasn't put a big tank on it or anything like that. It's like, that was the number one mod for us out in the desert when we had those. But, uh, that seems like a pretty nice cherry. whisper quiet for sure. With that stock muffler on it, it weighs like 300 and something pounds. Muffler. Yeah. Well, the bike in general, but the muffler isn't helping any, uh, like his choice of rear tire, you know, Kenda, although I do not like that rear tire. Yeah. But he's probably putting logging some street miles on the thing too, so that'll work out. What do you think, Matt? Oh, Roost. <laughs> roost. What if it was a KLR? Uh
1: it goes above the five seventy. It goes above, yeah. Yeah, because you know, we were talking about greatest bikes in the world.
0: Oh, geez. KLR six fifty. <laughs> I have a KLR six fifty in the shop right now. I don't see you riding it every day. You should say, I don't really want to drive my mom car back into Vegas. Can I ride the KLR, Jimmy? And I'm like, well, yeah. Do you do you, do you know how many, do you know how many chicks will be following you back to your palace in Vegas if you ride that KLR over the hill? Uh, absolutely none. But uh, lots of them. That you, no, you. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, they, not a KLR. They, you have no idea how many girls would crawl out of the drainage culverts and stuff like that when you're going through town. You know, I have yet to see the effect
1: of me riding motorcycles actually work on women.
0: Oh well. yeah Yeah. hey does it look like you probably can't see it but in the upper left hand corner of this picture does it look like there's a crazy man it almost looks like theodore roosevelt is is his face is in one of those
1: trees i have no idea what you are looking i do not see oh Uh, shit i kind of see it you gotta you gotta work on the clipping there you gotta no i think it's the headphones yeah i see it yeah yeah it's so weird how we can see faces and no, patterns seen. like there's something
0: yeah. uh, there's something wrong with me but other than that no no uh, no, I, I see it too so you're going with this bike roost? i think it roosts uh, it's i'm i want to say that this bike the only reason it roosts this is the only the only reason is because he has a seat concept seat on it and they're a sponsor of the show oh. and that bike was designed to be Ridden sitting down It's kind of like a KTM 390 It's Mm -hmm. It was The handlebar Everything in that thing Says sit down Sit down Sit down The foot Mm -hmm. peg position Everything Also kind of like a KLX 230 RS Yeah so he made a really good Decision by buying that seat And I think it's good And that's So he's on the path He'll be riding He'll be riding a a Yamaha In a few years Mm -hmm. He'll have a Tenere (laughs) He'll have a Tenere Give me that pen It's roosting Yeah Hey and I like the I like that They got The he actually carefully placed that bike on a really bitchin' trail that mm-hmm. I want to ride in a nice green forest. And yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, pretty cool.
1: Thank you. All right, and here we go. This
0: is from <laughs> Victor. Victor, of course, says, you can move some kilos inside of that muffler. <laughs> he's, he's not talking about that kind of weight. Oh, yeah.
1: All right, so this is Dan Parker's 1984 XR80. Has a rebuilt engine, 1982ish gas tank, Dunlop 756 rear tire. Loads of fun for the whole family. Eventually, I'll try to get the correct tank and
0: su- uh, side panels slash front number plate. <laughs> what about a front fender? That's not the right front fender. That's that massive. front fender's off like an XL 125. And you got that 16 inch front wheel. Notice they didn't talk about the front tire. No. Try getting another one of those, other than Honda OEM parts good luck we we wow. used to spoke our wheels over to seventeen inches so we could run the stuff they had on the on the eighty uh, fives or eighties at the time so i'm seeing I'm seeing a trend here it's where somebody wins the hundred bucks and then they submit and they go for it because if you're if you're not looking at this photo if you're listening to this, he has probably i want to say two two third well he has two kids on there, yeah I like the kids on the bike i think that's pretty cool big smile big smiles again if you had your wife on there or maybe his wife was on there and that's why the photos cropped like that oh no is that is does was mom back on there she just like she's kind of falling off because her hands just slipped off his waist i don't know uh or mom was taking the photo she was riding with them because they were out Mm -hmm. on a ride and she said honey get off and take a picture of us do you think that's what happened Mm, I think they're just in the backyard. They're in the backyard. Yeah, and he does this to put the kids to sleep.
1: I don't think. I think the maybe the one in the front, but the one in the middle looks like he's too excited to go to sleep. Yeah,
0: he's because they're they're all reaching for the handlebars. Yeah, yeah, that's good. But I think it's a ploy. It's like, hey, those guys pick anyone that the whole family's on the bike. They're winners. Yeah, yeah. hey, it worked a couple of weeks ago. It doesn't I, mean it'll work this week. But they got they they got good light on the photo. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Everybody's having fun. But they missed half of the bike. And the front the
1: front fender's not. It's almost as long as the bike. It's kind of like the boner
0: I woke up with this morning. Oh, wow. You still I, get those in your it's, age? It's, Yeah. Wow. Oh, no, no, I'm not, impressed. I, are they supposed to not? Am I not supposed to? Well, I thought you needed to take a little magic pill. If it lasts for more than a certain amount of hours, am I supposed to consult a doctor? Uh, you need to consult a <laughs> doctor regardless. I should consult a doctor about my comments on this photo. <laughs> <laughs> or a psychiatrist. Yeah. Either way. Uh, so what year did you say it was? 84 black engine and he wants to get the right stuff for it yeah i i have some of this stuff rotting in my in my backyard at my house in california but i mean it's rotten i could probably throw a rock at the front fender place and it'll turn into dust (laughs) (laughs) that's a shame i mean it really is a shame that that, but what a fun bike and i don't know if those shock springs were stocked too red yeah okay so I think the bike, uh, the bike endos, but the family roosts.
1: So right in the middle. It's right in the middle again. I'd lean towards endo just because that front fender's ruined it for me. Yeah, it reminds me of something, like I said. <laughs> you, you, you already said it. You, you can only say it once. I can only say it once. Um, and I only have one comeback, so we can't keep it. Got it.
0: But you can't, man, that kid's having a lot of stinking fun. I think middle of the road might be fair. Middle of the road. Okay, we'll just yeah. go middle of the road.
2: Yeah.
0: So he has a family and that's all he can afford. Well, he he's wearing he's wearing it looks like an older Troy Lee Designs race team t-shirt oh, yeah. back from when they were like Honda. Honda. Yeah, I back see it. Back from when, back from from there. So, you know, I I guarantee you this guy has a few bikes in the he has a few bikes in the shed. So he's not trying to, he's not trying to get this one.
1: Well, hold yeah, on. Yeah, it's
0: going more to endo because I'm really pissed off that they didn't get the bike framed up. You know, she's got to learn to push the button down, then they have to edit out the photos to get the good one. Well,
1: speaking of the trends here, apparently everyone wanted old Hondas in their pictures. And this isn't e- the, the submission is even, isn't even about the Honda. Whoops. He's got more
0: Honda in the photo than he does the
1: uh, the, the bike he's talking about, that's, right? That's, that's, that's because the framing is all jacked up on my end. One second. Well, wait. There we go. Oh. There's the photo. Yeah, it, it went really zoomed in for some reason. Okay. So this so
0: I'm gonna well, okay, here we go. He's got he's got as much of his lawnmower in this picture as he does on the motorcycle. Yep. He didn't wash his bike. He didn't wash his He didn't it. take it outside. You know no. where this is going, right? Oh, Actually, as soon as I saw the submission. Can you take this and turn the photo like at, at 45 degrees down so we just get an idea where it <laughs> is going? Don't don't break the show to do Wait. this. Uh, yeah there's probably rotate <laughs> yeah we can rotate it 90 degrees there's a way to yeah no it doesn't it doesn't allow you to twist it you you have to grab the corner handle and then like turn it down so i'm going to tell you what this bike is it is a uh two thousand and uh whew. yeah i want to say 17 18 ktm 250 Uh, I'm looking at the shock, trying to figure it out. Exc, am I right? So, for the first time,
1: I can say I can say this is the most wrong you've ever been on trying to guess the model. Oh, it is a 2021
0: KTM 300 XCW 21? Yeah, XCW. Mm-hmm. So, so when I said Exc, I meant XCW. So I was right there. Two fifty yeah, or three hundred? Three hundred. Three hundred. Okay. So it's deceiving because this reminds me of like oh like 2010 to 2011 the bike yeah it's colors. i think it's just once a bike starts getting ugly and dirty you know unwashed in other words then you know then they look they all look the same to me mm-hmm. so but hey that how, how about that 1981 honda xr80 in the background, and the fender looks right. The fender—that's the proper fender. That's a that that bike looks completely stock. Although his front number plate, he probably left it outside, uh, turned in. He threw a rock at it, mm-hmm. and it turned into dust. Like I said, oh, DeWalt power. He's probably got a DeWalt hand drill too. It yeah. It looks like an
2: original seat.
0: It looks like the original seat and all that stuff on it. That <laughs> that bike is uh, bless you, Matt. Uh, you. That's not COVID, is it? because we're no. over that. It's I heard it's no. N- it's no longer a pandemic. It no, was declared n- no longer uh, they're they're bringing it back? No,
2: they're walking it back.
0: They're walking back. it back, right. And
2: this guy has no radiator louvers.
0: Well, no, he has he has those to me look like bulletproof designs uh radiator guards, am I right? Well, let me get to
1: Okay, the tell us what we got. It only has 100 so it has 125 hours with 2100 miles. Protection parts only. Moto's bash plate because my will to do hard enduro is greater than my ability. cycro Pro Bend hand guards. A Cheruby's lower fork guards. Tusk rear, in all caps, guard. <laughs> Carbon up clutch cover because I cracked the stock one. Creft suspension. Tusk r- radiator guards. Oh, and gosh, a stock yeah. ECU because it's perfect. 19, 1980 XR80 in the background. That's the first dirt bike I ever learned to use the clutch. So I kept his I, first did, bike. Did I call it an
0: 81? think
1: 81 Close.
0: yeah i should yeah 19, i should have said 1980 damn it well that's closer than your guess on the bike right I, yeah, actually I, I, for. it just somehow to me it just it looked like a carbureted one that's why i kind of went back a few years and stuff so I uh, i like I like, I, I like that it's uh it looks like what do you ride a national enduro there 46a i don't like that his front number plate and his side plates have different numbers well, five hundred and two indicates that he's drunk. That's on the side, <laughs> and the forty six A was the number he he got at the at the enduro that he rode. Nice. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think he, I think he got a nice bike there. I, how, how does that? How does that aluminum pipe guard rattle <laughs> on the on the pipe? That I don't think that I don't know if that's part of the skid plate, kind of like that one we were talking about earlier. Wait, I don't know is, if that's a big all. – Is compass. this a crack? Uh, it could. Because it looks or, pretty irregular for it to be
1: intentional, right? It's so he has a he or has a jagged. Let me let me zoom in on that because that it um, looks well, like it it bolts, is intentional. It, 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 bolts, it bolts over a, it, bolts across. Yeah, that is intentional. Does okay. he say
0: what kind of pipe guard that is, or is that the is that the skid plate and it's all encompassed? Uh, Moto's bash plate. Moto's. I, I'm not familiar Neither with this I. brand, and I don't know, but uh, yeah, I, it's
2: a flying buttress.
0: Yeah, it's well. I mean, if you, if you don't want to be buying a pipe all the time, for some guys, that's a pretty good a pretty good option, I think. But man, that thing would have to re- resonate, noise, and rattle and whatnot. Um, yeah. Kind of like those ones they had on the bikes in South Africa. So good, good modifications. Horrible picture. Nice bike on the side, but since you're you're, you're deflecting from what we're really, oh, you know, here's something he also huh? missed. Oh, what do you? That's SKF fork oh, some, seals. Some fork seals down yeah. there. He didn't mention he didn't mention. Well, I'll that. tell you what that is. That's the box for the the SKF seal that you buy when you have a KTM RFS four-stroke and your your starter sprag starts mm-hmm. going out. Well, you buy this seal and you steal the springs off of it and you wrap those springs around your starter sprags. Yeah. And that's what allows the starter to work when it doesn't work. That's what that box is, I can tell. Got it. So, uh, Ando. Ando. Okay. Ando. I'm there with you. So who won? Do we have a roulette wheel anyplace around here? Like a spinning wheel that we can just – we can just you know what we need to do? Because I, 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 I'm not liking the burden of having to, to choose and decide because what I'm going to do here is I'm going to make four people unhappy and one person happy. And I'd like to take that out of my hands. So I think what we need to do is we need to spin it on a wheel and then the clicker has to come up. Does that work? Can we do that? Oh, you're going to find this on the internet? <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty easy. <laughs> well, Vicker wheel. Uh, Victor. Victor wants to know: Is that guy a Mexican? He has a commercial lawnmower. Hey amigo, I need my lawn cut. <laughs> so Cole Smith, and oh. then oh, okay, and then, we're gonna do it. Yeah, this this is good times. <laughs> Can you, Jamie? Just oh. first names are good. Yeah. So are you going to be able to show this on the screen? Um, We don't know. I can actually. No, no, I can Okay, because I don't want I don't want anybody to accuse me of cheating. And Brian, I, I have I have a reason for every single one of those to to win and lose, if that makes sense. I kind of have my winner in my head, but I like this idea a lot more. Yeah, because it's, it's all, they're all pretty even. And, I mean, everybody everybody's trying to play us in certain ways. Other things are totally organic, but they don't deserve it. And then there's other ones that are – I mean, any one of them could win in my mind. I've added a secure browser. Is this thing going to hack into our, our internets and destroy our whole program? We never no. know
1: window capture and everybody I had, I had the wrong thing
0: there it is this is how easy it is to be a producer within three minutes of me asking for something to happen on this show it's happened and this is live on tech talk taco tuesday right now okay everybody we're spin the wheel we're gonna spin Who won? this is the first time we wow that spins fast there's no way that i could actually like pick it okay stop oh, I, oh, sto- oh it, it stops automatically stop by itself. Cole, smith. cole
1: smith is the winner congratulations you have won a hundred dollar taco moto gift certificate which one is cole he was actually one of the better submissions oh good oh it's the first one we did yeah yeah so yeah, he that was, was the one uh, we roosted yeah we roosted him i'm Where glad the picker
0: at? and me think alike yep there we go completely randomized with no reason and there you go this and, is cole's and, bike for those who might have forgotten and like uh most inanimate objects uh it's not going to talk back to me which yep. is like that's why i like Dealing with motorcycles and not people.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah. So Cole, go ahead and reach out to me at matt at JimmyLesofro.com and I'll get you instructions on how to get you set up with that hundred dollar gift certificate.
0: Okay, and that's not flushing the toilet. That's because I just touched Travis Pastrana, who crashed in the background, which he always does on our show. Also raced Ersberg. He raced he he kicked ass. He finished like fourth. Oh, he actually finished. I didn't know he finished. No, he finished. Yeah. He bet Jeremy a dollar he'd beat him. At uh-huh. Erzberg, and he did. He he actually did really really good. Wow. I would have beat him, but um, he he was a better rider than me at that time. Mm-hmm. At that point in our in our uh, illustrious he racing career. Does he even ride these days? Because I feel like his he touches a dirt bike and he falls apart again. Yeah, he just makes money. He's yeah. The guy the guy is living life, driving rally cars, racing boats, all that kind of cool yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, if you want to know a little bit about seat concepts the only the only the other one i wished would one had the seat concept seat uh they've been since 2009 handmade seat products made in the usa i saw them myself they have seat styles available in a variety of colors from low to tall heights narrow to wide profiles they have a proprietary foam formula that is adjusted for each customer based on riding style weight and firmness preferences designs are built for long-haul adventure riders or weekends at the track Ride the world with seat concepts, but that's not to say that if you want to get a seat concept seat, you can get that at Takamoto. Oh yeah! Now Mike actually had a, a seat concept seat installed on his Takamoto bike at the K KTM Adventure Alley. I, was it,
1: was that the I one? What happened?
0: Was that the was that the bike with the
1: what is it? It's like the old cup designs. It's like the blue and the squiggly lines. I I don't
0: remember. I, I didn't pay that much attention. I just noticed that the seat didn't match, and all of a sudden the seat matched. And mm. I watched, and Linden was over there with the staple gun, just nice,
1: nice, banging nice. it all
0: together. So uh, good, good times. Uh, yeah. Victor wants to know what is the problem with Hondas. Well, Victor, <laughs> yeah, um, there's no problem with Hondas. They're just not Yamahas. Yeah. Visit Yamaha motorsports.com today to explore what's new and improve for 2023, just in case you were wondering. Yeah. That that way you can find out what's right with the uh, YZ four-strokes. Do we have anything else, Matt? No, I think we're all set. I think we've wrapped this show up. Hey, yeah. thank you, everybody, for uh, listening and joining in. Thanks for your submissions. We need some more Roosterando submissions, or we're doing yeah. okay? No, we please
1: submit. Uh, uh, you can either submit them on any of our Facebook posts, or you can email them to me directly at matt at Jimmy Lewis with "rooster endo submission" in the subject line uh and yeah right now we're kind of on a as we'll show them as we get them yeah a, so
0: yeah not a big waiting list like there was a couple of weeks ago no
1: no there, there used to be a massive waiting list but we kind of burned through it so now it's if you have a bike that you think can
0: win a, you win you 100 bucks for takamoto no if just, you know it, it don't don't send it for that reason send it if you think it's going to entertain me that's the only reason you need to send oh, yeah, in that's the
1: right submission we, we did have a bike that won solely because it had beer cans shoved into it Ricky and Andrew voted on that bike. They said no, and I said yes. No, no, no. Everyone was like, "Holy shit, that was really cool." <laughs> now Cause, we're because we didn't even notice it at first. Now we were just looking at the bike and like, "Oh, that's a cool bike." And then now we're going to get five bikes with beer cans shoved into it. No, hey, we're just going to get a bunch of XRs like we did this this week. Yeah. So the Ah uh, a We
0: Ah uh, Ah. Uh, Let me put that link oh, in the we, chat one more time. Yeah, Owe oh, Track in Idaho. They need your help. Uh, we talked about that in the middle of the show, but we have a link in our thing but you can they have a raffle where they're giving away a husky 501 that's super awesome Mike has uh Mike You know I called I called another guy Kurt I called him Steve or something <laughs> and He's like no it's it's Kurt and I'm like I know I just don't remember this But I was saying Matt has a lot of beginner bike videos up on dirtbiketest.com Trevor's been sleeping at the wheel right now probably getting ready for 24 hours some racing yeah. The 24 hours well, actually
1: I, I, would, I wouldn't say he's been sleeping he put up a guts racing seat test the other day that's
0: i, I don't even see this stuff that's wrong company doesn't even exist oh, oh yes oh yeah that's right yeah uh check out jimmy if you want to get in one of our classes we announced the dates last week in our newsletter the classes are filling up quick and if you need to know those dates, send me an email. It's pretty easy. My name at my website will get you there and I can get you the information so you can get signed up. And other than that, I think that's all we have to list. share this with a friend. Tell it. Actually, don't don't tell anybody. Just keep it your own secret and then you can be smarter than everybody else. So for Matt Mattoon, for all of the kids that we fired off this show uh, for Mojave Bob, our lapdog of a of a of a in studio guest. Thank you for all the uh advice, questions, bad advice, insults. Uh it was a fun show. It was a fun show. We'll be back uh yeah, going to be back next week. Okay. I, I I got some big events that I'm working on coming up. I might have to take a couple weeks off cuz I'll be out in the desert with 100 yeah. women, but Will will you be Don't put that on my grinder account. Oh, I won't. I won't. And
1: I'm I'm not going to put in the the morning morning would comment yet earlier either okay so oh the, uh, is next week gonna be zoom
0: for the for the students of the class or for the rally class uh that's oh no 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 this. next week i'm gonna be here in okay. the studio Sweet. Yeah. why do you got a hot date next tuesday night never no. okay I, never. I shouldn't well it don't ride the klr then because <laughs> there'll be the chicks will be chasing you so with that everybody uh thanks for joining and we will see you out in the trail Cheers, cheers.